Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports. And it is a true crossover day because we have the host of the HI 101 Podcast guest star today, Adam Bolesky. How's it going, good sir? Not too bad. How are you? Not too bad. Great to have you on. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> yeah, that is Kevin Miller, who is also here today. I mean, I guess we'll mention him. Yeah, he's, he's here. How's it going, Kevin? Hey, guys. <laughs> all right, so today's just going to be a fun little day of us getting caught up on all of the basic nerd and comic and movies, shows, trailers, everything that's, you know, rumors. Apparently, Robert Downey Jr. is going to be in the new Spider-Man movie. We could talk about how We're talking about things. dumb that stupid Spider-Man title is for the next one. Homecoming. Oh, it's the like, worst. God. No, I've, I've got the best theory about this, actually, but let's let's get into it. Well, what's your theory? Oh, throw it so over. we're getting right into it? Yeah, I have, not? I have a theory that in Civil War, um, mm-hmm. it will be Spider-Man just on Iron Man's team, a propo of nothing, but they'll keep referring to some event that happened in the past uh, referring to it uh, secretively and surreptitiously as the homecoming, um, and that it will the Spider-Man movie will be a flashback to that event. <laughs> it will be the like Budapest of uh, you know the Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow sort of a thing that they mention, and then we don't know what it means until the next movie comes out. It's an interesting yeah. theory. It will happen very non-chronologically. That's my guess. Well, because right now, Homecoming, obviously, well, because apparently, according to the rumors, it, like he's actually going to be back in high school for the first time in the Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously there will be his high school Homecoming, but, you know, there's also the double entendre of his Homecoming into the, the MCU, right? Sure. Uh, I, I just... I just think it's a dumb name. I don't know. If I'm the only one well, who thinks well, that, I'll shut up. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> it sounds like some sort of teen drama, right, is the problem, which, I mean, I get it. Does. I get it. He's in high school. Uh, he's been in high school before. He's generally portrayed that way. But, like, honestly, like, I'm, a, I'm expecting a proposal here. Oh, yeah. I'm expecting uh, just, yeah, anything but Spider-Man stuff out of the title. I'm actually yeah. okay with that, though. <laughs> It just yeah, but no one wants to see that movie. No, you don't. I guess I do, but I also guess I'm the one who doesn't care too much about Spider-Man. Absolutely, like the less Peter Parker, the better. You want all Spider-Man all the time. Like if if you just did a Spider, like the ideal Spider-Man movie is be nine hundred two one zero. Well, you just have a voice. Like, you don't even need a, like, it should be like, so-and-so, voicing Spider-Man. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Like, yeah, it's, it, like, it should not be like, we gotta get a, somebody to play Spider-Man, because he's gonna take his mask off. He should just never take his mask off. It's just, let's just, Spider-Man all the time. It would just be, ah, just less Peter Parker in our lives is so much better. But, I mean, they've got the good writers handling it now, so I suppose... uh Stuff. It's MCU. Can we still give them the benefit of the doubt? <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely will. It's just that's a bad title. Although the way that they, um, d- like the title design, it reminded me of the old Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends mm-hmm. logo, which I thought that yeah, was, yeah, that was cool. 
rather rather what I'm what I'm suspecting and and my my theory being that they're gonna just kind of throw him into civil war and not introduce him in any meaningful way and this movie will be kind of like a, a flashback introduction um so I think that like that first scene that we see in the trailer where he you know hey underoos and he shows up and steals the shield <laughs> and everything that that's gonna be his first scene in the movie that's my guess. Yeah, and they'll be like, "Oh, huh, where did he come from?" And then we'll figure that out in the Spider-Man movie. Which is why I'm upset that they gave that away in the trailer. I really wish they never did that. Like, how awesome would that I have agree. been if you go opening day and then it's just underoos and Spider-Man's there and like the surprise. <laughs> it would be like wrestling. Like the crowd would lose their. Oh, they're like, playing oh Spider-Man's music. That's Spider-Man's music. The shittiest music. <laughs> Apparently they uh, whiffed on Michael Keaton for the Spider-Man movie. Do you have any comments to make on that, Adam? Yeah, I heard that he backed out, but honestly, I haven't been cl- following it closely enough to like what what was he supposed to have played earlier? Did we we ever know? Know? Nobody nobody knows, but like the, the the everybody was screaming for him to play Vulture, which you know just makes too much sense. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Um, but yeah, apparently they I whiffed. I also saw and, and, a mock up oh. of. Um... Uh, John Malkovich as Vulture too, so I mean I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one the internet's wanted for years. John Malkovich as the Vulture, but I mean like God, Spider Man's got I such a terrible Teddy KGB. Gallery. Teddy KGB, <laughs> that's a deep cut. <laughs> I'll splash the pot whenever I fucking feel. <laughs> no, honestly, uh-huh. at this point, I think that they're you know it's it's not the same sort of career risk it used to be to star in one of them comic book movies these days, right? So, I mean, yeah, I you know what? I think they're going to have trouble. What's that? Oh, my God. I think Michael Keaton can risk it. Sure, he's, no, no. Time that he's been can. in a comic book movie. He's never done that's not the point. That's not the point I was trying to make, though. The point is, I think they'll be able to find somebody who can bring at least Michael Keaton levels to the table, if oh, not no, far better. I definitely so I, agree. Yeah, I'm not terribly worried about the, the, it. Oh, my God. We need a breaking news. Do I have a soundboard? We need a breaking news. We need a breaking news stinger. Apparently, the Game of Thrones episode, we're two days away from Game of Thrones. Apparently, the episode leaked two days early. Oh, oh really? Yeah, much like last year when we got the first four. They, they can't stop the signal. <laughs> All right, well, that's the end of this pod. Oh, goodbye, everybody. Jeez, you think they'd have a handle on this shit by now. Well, they tried so hard this year. I guess, yeah. Well, I want to be, this... be at the meeting where somebody's like, well, at least it was yeah. only one this time. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> this is a 75% improvement. Well, we're up to 15 <laughs> We talked about that on our last pod when we did our Game of Thrones preview. If you want to go back and uh, check that out, anybody who's listening. Pause this podcast for two hours and go back and check that. (laughs) Yeah, but like uh, we talked about how HBO decided to not like they released zero screeners this year because of the four episodes that got leaked. Because obviously one of the sets of screeners they sent out to some credits critics apparently got stolen and then put on the internet. This is why there were only four. Can I throw out a completely unfounded theory? Go right ahead. The guy who plays Ramsey Bolton, he did it. <laughs> he did he it. Did yeah, it. I blame him. A pro nothing. <laughs> it's totally something I hate he did. Dude, actually, he would keep them and watch them himself, and then share them with nobody. Yeah, put an animated GIF on his Tumblr and just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> hate that guy. Hope he goes down this season. Ah. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> so, Civil War. Mm-hmm. Couple weeks away. Mm-hmm. Did you guys catch any of the uh, scenes that they, uh, they they gave away a couple of sneak previews, a, a little like a minute and a half previews of the uh, 
the show on Jimmy Kimmel Live last week. Did you either of you guys happen to catch any of those? Uh, this isn't good for the podcast, but I am done seeing things about Civil War before that movie comes out. I specifically avoided them. Yeah, I kind of in the same boat at this point. I've seen the trailers. It's it's a Marvel movie. Like I've got to go see it. Yeah. Like you don't have to convince me at this point. Yeah, and I don't need to see the That's whole true. thing before I go in. My thing, my, my thing was I just I couldn't not like I was gonna not watch it, but then you did. Uh, <laughs> No, but then all of a sudden people were like, oh, you get more footage of Black Panther in this. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and how could you lose it? <laughs> yeah, the, basically the way they did it was they had Team Iron Man show up on Jimmy Kimmel on Tuesday. So it was, you know, Chris Evans and uh, uh, Anthony Mackie and, and, and uh, Paul Rudd. And, and yeah, and everybody, they showed up and they were like, here's our clip for Team Iron Man, right? And it was just a, a clip of like them flying around picking off a bunch of Hydra guys. Sure. Like and they, then uh, then they had Chaswick Bowman and uh, Robert Downey Jr. and everybody on the next day for Team Iron Man. And they showed, like, here's our clip. And it showed uh, Bucky, like, fighting with all the members. Uh, like he, he, he it, it was that one scene where it shows, like, it was the extended version of we've all seen it in that trailer where, like, Tony Stark messes with his watch and then creates, like, Iron a glove. Yeah, glove. And then Bucky tries to shoot him. And then you see Bucky, like, knock him out and then... Black Widow starts fighting him, and then he knocks Black Widow out, and then all of a sudden Chaswick Bowman, not in the suit, by the way, which is the awesome part, yeah, sure. just starts whooping Bucky, and then Bucky kind of shoves him, and then runs up the, the <laughs> like, runs up this flight of stairs, and Black Panther looks at him, and you see him go flying across <laughs> the screen, and I'm like, oh my god, and then Bucky gets to the top of the stairs, and Chaswick Bowman jumps over a rail and is like, surprise! And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I just, I couldn't resist it because it was like, I just, my God, I love Black Panther. Black Panther on Team Iron Man, I'm on Team Iron Man, boy. Soldier, the tables have turned. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. So excited for Black Panther. Uh, did you see that uh, clip of the Chappelle show with the uh, Civil War heads over top of it? No. Oh, my That's God. That's amazing, though. <laughs> Yeah, I know, it was just Charlie Murphy with uh, T'Challa's head on him. He's like, I kicked the shit out of him, man. <laughs> yeah. And it just shows like that nice that shot where he just drop kicks the uh, uh, Winter Soldier in the chest into like a air conditioner. Yeah, no, if yeah, I had known that existed, I would have seen it by now for sure. You tell like he gave me some sort of cross kick of some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen that, go check that out. Best place to find that one is on there. There's a really good. Uh, Twitter account called at We Are Wakanda, and I, I follow those guys because they they tweet a lot about Black Panther and stuff, obviously, right. but uh, t- tons of other you know cool stuff. Yeah, but, rally. yeah, they were the ones who who had that gif. If you if you can't find, it. it's fucking brilliant. I forget who actually. Yeah, yeah. Did it, what, was the, what was the joke that I made? I'm like, what now, T'Challa Murphy? <laughs> yeah, tables right. turned. <laughs> so good. Um, Doctor Strange trailer mm-hmm. dropped. Yeah. Um. Other than a little bit of backlash for casting Tilda Sw- uh, Swinton as a character oh, that's supposed Washington. to be Asian, yeah, is uh, getting a lot of positive buzz. Other than that, yeah, sure, tiny little uh, <laughs> nugget of information there. I mean, Doctor Strange is so damn weird. I cannot like <laughs> this. This is the one for me. Like, I can't believe they're making this into a movie. That, yeah, I can't believe they're making this because it's just so, like, it's the first time they're going to dip their toe. Is Well, actually, it's, they've dipped their toe, but now they're going to do a big cannonball into the pool of D- magic. 
Yeah, of the mystic, the magic, and the mysticism in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I just man, did it look weird. It looked part like it looked like Inception, and I was okay yeah, with yeah. that. Part Inception, part Matrix, part just the the Maje- or what's that one movie? God, that the, the Majestic Tiger Hidden something something. I don't know. It just looks good. What is your opinions right now on Doctor Strange? Let's start with Adam. I mean, yeah? that's, that's all you got to talk Listen, listen, listen. Okay, so yeah, no, here's, here's, the deal. here's the deal. I don't, I don't read a lot of comics. I, I like the TV shows. I like the movies, all of that stuff. I have no idea who this cat is. All I saw was, like, The Matrix yeah. plus Batman Begins, mm-hmm. and Sherlock was there, I guess. And, like... Stuff of the mix. Like, I, I, I mean, I, that, that trailer really felt like a trailer that was made for either people who will get curious about anything with the Marvel name on it or people who know what's going on with that character. And I'm not exactly in either of those camps. I'm actually in the same boat, but having heard of uh, Doctor Strange at least and seeing these images of this dude in this giant vampire cloak, I mean, I was kind of excited (laughs) to see them uh, do it for the main screen. Like, he's basically, like, this is Dr. Orpheus. If you're familiar with Venture Brothers, like, this is is what he's based on. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm generically familiar with the idea of the dude, but, like, I feel like, I think the problem is I feel like 17-year-old me would be, like, super into this. And, and that yes. almost doesn't help a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get, yeah, I get that. Way, in a certain way. That, so, yeah. so without any further context, I mean, as I said, I'll, I'll certainly see the movie at some point. But am I going to line up on opening night? Probably not for this one. Mm-hmm. We're so saturated this, this year. Oh, man. What's that? Yeah. You're not yeah. going to go with me to see this? <laughs> eh. Mm. 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 <laughs> wow! All right. I mean, you know what? Honestly, if you invite me, I'll go along with you. But like, you ain't paying. If... <laughs> hey, now, no, 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 that's not true. I pay, I pay my way. Don't you go, don't you go spreading rumors about me. Absolutely. But like, honestly, if someone didn't ask me to go with them, I'd probably wait at the theaters. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot coming out this year. There's so a that, lot yeah, coming you know out this what? year. That's definitely true. There's a there's a superhero movie of one kind or another coming out like every month until November. Yeah. So honestly, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get it's either I see all of them or if I'm making cuts, Doctor Strange is probably one of the first ones to. You get. You know what? And that's that's a fair point. Um, the thing that I took away from this, uh, in addition to what's been said already, uh, is that uh, we had discussed previously. Uh, our feelings regarding the casting of Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. The uncooked piece of chicken that is Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, yeah, the the Klingon ridge face that is Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, and you know what? This made me believe that he could play this guy. I'm down with oh, it now. And, and, I, and I, I never doubted. Like, he's a good, he's a great actor. Um, mm-hmm. But there were a few other, like, potential people on the short list to play uh, Doctor Strange, who are Game of Thrones alumni that I would have loved to see play him. I'm assuming Pedro Pascal's name was kicked Pedro around. Pedro Pascal's or... name was on that list, uh, as was Aiden Gillen's. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I believe that. From, from his point... first comic book venture since Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look see... like a strong guy. <laughs> <laughs> for and, you. <laughs> and, and, yeah, for you. Uh, at this point, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is such a distinctive actor, though, that 
he's almost gotten to that point where he's too famous right. for me to really. The buy. the internet is the internet is on his side is how I would describe Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh yeah, like, no, it is. love with this guy. It is, but like. So you know when you watch a movie with Tom Cruise in it, and you're like, "Hey, look at Tom Cruise do stuff." Yeah, like he's he's almost at that point. Just Tom like, Cruise, Liam Neeson, and Sam Jackson is Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah, and so he's almost at that point where like I don't know if I'm gonna have an easy time seeing him as anything other than like the couple of roles I saw him in before he super blew up. Mm-hmm. So I'm I, I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of faith in his ability to. Well, let me ask you to, to act really well, right? But like. Yeah, until I see that in practice, I'm a little skeptical, to be honest. And then that's fair. Uh, did you have a similar problem with uh, Chris Pratt, or was he still too new? Um, you know what? He was because we were great. both deep into Parks and Rec by the time uh, oh, yeah. Galaxy came out. To he say nothing of uh, Jurassic World. <laughs> so here, here's my thing with Chris Pratt in Guardians. Uh, he was amazing, but I feel like uh, Star Lord was basically everything that Andy from Parks and Rec ever wanted to be. Yeah, and it's aspired Andy to in be, space. <laughs> and kind of thought he was already. It's Burt Macklin. So, so in a lot, yeah, he's Burt Macklin exactly. So in a lot of ways, I had no problems buying that whatsoever. Okay, Andy got buff and got a spaceship. Cool, I can buy that. Where I had a lot more problems was Jurassic World, where all of the things that I want to see from Chris Pratt were missing. He wasn't well. Jurassic World. Jurassic World is basically like it's it's Sharknado if you gave it a budget. Oh, we could we could spend all day on and it's Jurassic World. So I actually never gloriously saw awesome. World. Specifically in the believability of Chris Pratt, though. Is he yeah. like a sex Why? dude in that movie? Yeah, but like he had no like there was zero humor from that dude. He was brooding. Oh, like brooding yeah. Chris Pratt was the most boring thing I've ever seen. Like honestly, mm-hmm. what, what was, not what we why did they bother casting that. him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, it was because he. I, I honestly think he gave it. A li- he's got a little bit of star power right now. Oh, absolutely. He does. People just love him, right? So he does. But and that's that, that was goofball, right? Like that's his. Yeah, thing, he's a he's a lovable goofball. Look at him go. Mm-hmm. My favorite type of character. I'm and, like, fine to, with that. He does a good job of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. D'Onofrio had the plan to like strap cameras to raptors heads and it was like like that's something dr evil would do right and it's like what are you t- like what are you talking what is going on here it's just a ridiculous movie honestly it was just it was like if, if sharknado was given a budget to make a hollywood movie and it was I, just so worth it to watch our like raptor team up fight that happened at the end right i i was such a doomsayer for that movie for months before it came out and everyone was telling me i was an idiot for it <laughs> I wanted Look so where we are now. it to be good, and then I never yeah. saw it. Oh, I, I wanted it to be good, but it was like I, yeah. everything from the trailer telegraphed exactly what it was going to be, which is a, yes. a, a, a soulless rehash of the first movie. Well, yeah. I thought it would Back be a purposeful rehash of the first movie, and I, I, I came on this podcast defending it to the point where I, my, I came up with a premise for it, which was basically that, you know, the events of the first movie happened – one of the characters, probably the little boy, Tammy or whatever, from the first movie, uh, wrote a book about it, and that book became adapted into a theme park because everything in that trailer that happened in Jurassic World is like a recreation of events that happened in the first movie. Yep. And that basically, you know, things are going well in this theme park for too long, and they just keep trying to up the ante, and they went too far. Miller, I got to tell you, that's still a better story than Jurassic World actually was. And, and yeah. you know what? I, I'm almost glad I didn't see it if that's the case, because I'm not a screenwriter. <laughs> no, like, Jurassic World was so... It was so 
like it, it needed everybody to be incompetent, basically. Like like the, like these people were so incompetent they couldn't couldn't actually exist in real life, right? Like they like there was the the super obsessed uh, career woman who's like, I've got to get this <laughs> this thing built so that I can make more money because people are bored of dinosaurs for some reason. And then there's like, hey, yeah. here's the fat the one fat security guard we put in charge of the like ra- of the Indominus Rex, right? <laughs> Stop me if you've heard this one before. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think that was the most. I think that was the most insulting thing about the movie, though. That people got tired of dinosaurs after yeah, like five after- years. I'm yeah. sorry. I would spend so much money at that park if it was real. Yeah, you know we can what? have regular old dinosaurs. Now, now imagine yourself in this universe, Adam, and tell me that you couldn't see someone on Huffington Post running a millennials article about how everyone's bored about dinosaurs. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that would people are terrible. And exactly. Yeah, that's that's not my fault. It's I'm perfectly reasonable. Dinosaurs. <laughs> we just don't live yeah. in that world. It's not reasonable for us, and we couldn't believe it, but it's perfectly reasonable for people who live in that world. <laughs> sure, but for like the actual like park going population to be like, eh, I've, 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 I've seen a lot of, no, a lot of triceratops now. <laughs> boom, yeah. down with triceratops. Why you gotta be so boring? Get Knocking some more on the horns. glass. <laughs> get, oh, some just... get some more horns, loser. <laughs> on a quad. Oh, what is that, a raptor? <laughs> Let me check Twitter, you know, like, nothing. Oh, God. Anyway, enough <laughs> of the digression. <laughs> Just what do you think of Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange, well, I, like, the thing to me that's, that, that, that I think is strange about... No, stop. No pun intended. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> the thing that's weird to me is Doctor Strange, to me, it's, it's, I feel like it is the most, of all the things that we've done... So far, Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Avengers, Hulk, Doctor Strange, for some reason, and I could be wrong on this, is the guy I would be most likely to recommend to my parents to go see. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I think so, because I think it's easier. Am I getting that... Yeah, like, well, if you, I can give you a quick thing, like, well, here's the, the cold well, From what I understand, and I, I got this from the trailer, so, I mean, I'm yeah. coming in completely blind. I know very little about this character other than he looks like Dr. Orpheus. Yeah. Uh, well, Dr. Orpheus is a Dr. Orpheus looks like him, right. let me put it that way. Can uh, we just get a Dr. Orpheus movie? I would watch the shit out of that. Absolutely. Oh, but, fuck. <laughs> take, yeah, take my money. And like, talk the mind taker. <laughs> first person in line. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, like, Venture Brothers is great and all, but, like, seriously, if someone made just, like, a full series of Dr. Orpheus adventures, I'd be yeah. so down. Jackson Public like, just launch. voicing every character. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so the, the, the premise that I got that. from the movie is that he's a surgeon, yeah. Uh, he gets in a, some sort of accident that basically an accident just, messes up his hands. messes up his hands, and he can't be a surgeon anymore. And so, as a result, he has to find other ways to help people. No, uh, basically, what it is, he's little Tony Starkish, where he's a self like you, you got some most of it right, little, where he's like a self serving. He's the world's most famous surgeon, but he's you know kind of an arrogant jerk about it. Sure. So when I can see Benedict he, Cumberbatch he, being an arrogant jerk about anything. Yeah. So when he he gets into <laughs> a car accident. Gets into a car accident, fucks up his hands. He, he doesn't have the fine touch to be a surgeon anymore. So he spends all the money he has, basically, to find a cure to fix his hands so that he can be, you know, the world's greatest surgeon again. Sure. And eventually fun. ends up hearing about, you know, some Tibetan monks who have this miracle cure. And 
when he gets there, meets the ancient one who basically is like, who will be played by Tilda Swinton, who's like, you know, you have a higher purpose, yeah. and then, you know, he, he eventually Punches starts the, the path. astral projection. Yeah, and then eventually starts the path to becoming Doctor Strange, and uh, uh, Two Way Ejiofor is playing, if I pronounce that correctly. <laughs> you know, I'm terrible with names. Yeah, I don't know that. Ridiculous that African names, and I'm just boned. But uh, he plays Baron Mordo, and Baron Mordo is like the guy who. Uh, you know, he becomes the the kind of like main bad guy. Oh, okay. Because w- what happens is, you know, Doctor Strange comes up and he's kind of like the chosen one, and Mordo's like, "Are you kidding me? I, you know, I've been working my ass off here to become, you know, to become the next guy, and this guy's just the chosen one. What the hell is that?" And meanwhile, classic kung fu panda right there. Yeah, Baron Mordo is trying. Well, it's classic kung fu in general. <laughs> yep. But like, in, Baron Mordo is also trying. Meanwhile, he's also secretly worships the this evil god named Dormammu, who is basically this matchstick head demon that lives in a different dimension, and he's always constantly trying to find ways. And Dormammu's basically destroyed the dimension he lives in, and now he's trying to get to ours so he can have new stuff to destroy, and Baron Mordo's the guy trying to free him. Although it looks like, uh, just based on what I've seen, it looks like a 2 edge of 4 and Doctor Strange are going to be friends for most of this movie because it looks like Mads Mikkelsen. I was going to say, Mads Mikkelsen, we got this uh, Hannibal dude uh, Mm -hmm. who's uh, appearing to cause shit in the trailer. Yeah, and everybody's trying to figure out who the hell he's playing because he's basically showing up with some some David Bowie eye makeup, made he rest in peace, and is, uh, you know, everyone's like, who the hell is Mads Mikkelsen playing? Doesn't matter, he's fabulous. Exactly, and I don't have the slightest clue. Either way, we all know he's going to be awesome, and I, I think Doctor Strange will be fun, but will this be, like, opening day for me, like Adam said? I, I have to agree, no, it won't. I'll get to it when I get to it, but I will definitely see it in theaters. I'm actually surprised. I, I, I think that I'm going to see the hell of this movie. Oh, I will, too, but I just don't know if I'll see, like, well, of course I'm You know what, gonna... although that said, is it going to be a midnight release thing for me? No, mm-hmm. but I definitely want to see it within the first week or so. Like Civil War, I'm gonna be like, I gotta get to this as fast as possible because I have sure, to. Sure, yeah, Black you're gonna play Black Panthers in the mix, of course. Yeah, because kicking fools in the face. Meanwhile, right. Martin Freeman and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch both in the MCU now. <laughs> yeah, jeez, I didn't even think of that. Uh, so I mean, I guess that's enough Marvel. We can probably switch uh, gears and talk. Actually, before we talk Marvel, we were talking about. Uh, there being uh, an oversaturation of comic book movies, it actually looks like uh, the MCU has pulled the Inhumans from their lineup. Really? I saw that like in 2018. Like that's Phase Four. Yeah, apparently. But apparently they apparently they pulled the Inhumans. They're not going to start Phase Four with their in, with the Inhumans movie. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, maybe they're going to leave something for the Agents of Shield. Well, from what I saw <laughs> is that um, the Captain Marvel movie is happening between. Um, Part one of Infinity Wars and part two. Oh, interesting. Which means that she's likely to show up in part two. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That'd be a lot of fun. Do we know who's playing Captain Marvel? We yet? do not. Apparently, we're going to get that announcement this summer, though. Interesting. Interesting. I, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fan speculation. I'm still pulling for uh, Katie Sackoff or uh, Charlize Theron myself. Charlie Theron would be a hell of a get. Yeah, we all love that. She's probably, road. she's probably extremely pricey right now. Oh, though. absolutely, she is. She's always been pricey, but uh, a Disney Marvel can probably fit that foot that bill. That's a good point. 
And uh, ain't nobody going to escape the the MCU. Uh, you guys been uh, paying attention to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all? Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm way behind on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I watched a season and a half of that show. Oh, they no. are half picking a season up. on me. <laughs> you know what? You're probably the better than I did that. <laughs> They're 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 picking up steam in this third season. I'm having I'm having the most fun I've had since I really? think the they got you middle back? of the first season. They're they're, they're making some, this. they're making some good moves. The only thing that I think is dumb and spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, I'm going to spoil this for you two yeah, guys. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's... they just killed they just killed Powers Booth, and I feel like it was avoidable because. Sorry, remind me who that is. Yeah, I can't Powers remember Booth. either. Oh, he's just, he's an old school, he's an old school actor who, who just has, he's got that, like, um, trying to think of something you guys would remember him in. Uh, he was in Sin City. He played, uh, oh God, what was it? Uh, the guy Bruce Willis was trying, not the, the, the yellow dude, but like the Senator who was in the hospital bed with him, who gave that like great speech. Oh about, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like if you saw a photo of Paris Booth, you'd recognize yeah, yeah. him. Well, he basically showed up as like the last head of Hydra in season three. Ain't no last and head. He, and he's just destroyed, well, the presumably last head. And he's just been destroying everybody because everybody in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, I got I got a lot of problems with uh, the, the way main cast. Just, yeah, I got a lot of problems with the main cast and the fact that they, they all seem to have one face that they can make. And, like, especially, like, Ming-Na Wen basically makes the same, like, angry, I'm going to get you face. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, my God, like, just get a, di- like, she needs a second, like, just get a second speed, for God's sake. And then they, ah, uh, I love you, Ming-Na Wen, but goddamn. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's just, her character is She so was Mulan. <laughs> they had, a, yeah, they had a scene where, because the, uh, the guy who, who, like, the host of Iron Chef, whose name I can never remember, is in this, and he plays an inhuman with telekinetic powers. Awesome. <laughs> And you know what? Pets. I would watch that movie. <laughs> oh yeah, it was awesome. But they had this one scene where like, like they infiltrate a building, and then the agents of Shield are like, "We gotta go there." And then the agents of Shield go there, and uh, Clark Gregg basically, like Coulson, basically lures the dude, um, Iron Chef guy into a a dead room where there's nothing in it except him and Mignot Wen. So he doesn't have any like telekinetic powers. He can like he doesn't have anything he can throw at her with his telekinetic powers. And then, first off, they went to a building that they weren't in, and they were somehow able, like, that they didn't know or have the plans to, and they somehow were able to trap him in this elaborate room, like, this empty white room that they apparently knew. So, A, I had a problem with that, and B, Ming-Na Wen was still, like, wearing clothes, so he could have choked her with her own garb, right, (laughs) with his telekinesis, so, like... I don't know. These are just crap I think about when, that I would do with well, the... Well, sure. I mean, powers. we, we can... There's, they're, they're trying to tell a story here, so they do things a certain way, but I mean... <laughs> but people think about I'm their powers like, all the time. Yeah, at the same time, I'm just like, that's irritating. Because, like, they did it in such... It's such an... Because, like, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I've complained about it on this pod before, like, they're so arrogant that they're just impossible to root for. It's actually interesting, for, just as a quick aside, but uh, that was the yeah. thing about watching uh, Avatar The Legend of Korra. Um, mm-hmm. where it was like, I wonder if, like, an airbender or a waterbender used their power in this way, which they never did in the original series. Like, what would that would be like? And they do that in that series, and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and horrifying. Yeah, amazing. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway. <laughs> oh, you're a waterbender, and the human body is 90% water? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're an airbender, and you can asphyxiate me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just so bad. It's like, oh, God, the air in my lungs is gone. Jeez, <laughs> well, okay. I guess you did that. Uh, Thanks, Senator Rollins. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, to me, I was just so like, and the guy who plays Grant Ward, right, is basically a piece of white toast, right? And <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it was white just terrible series. Yeah, and 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 he's back, and it's like, yeah, he's got a chiseled jaw, and he looks like he's in good shape, but the guy just has you know the personality of a wet blanket. Yeah, well, you need more beautiful men in the MCU. And they had Powers Booth just blowing everybody off the screen, and then they 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 killed him, and I and it was it it did fit with the plot, so I wasn't. Like upset about it, but at the same, well, I wasn't like I had no problem. Did you with feel it, it was disrespectful? I was just like, should have kept him around. <laughs> Don't go out like that. Yeah, he was just having. Well, it's just he was blowing everybody off the screen, and I was just like, like let's keep him around because I did the same thing with. Uh, oh, what's his face from uh, in season two with the uh, no? Well, Kyle McLaughlin, yes, but also uh, Battlestar Galactica dude. Oh, Adama. Uh, uh, Edward James Almost. Edward yes, James thank Almost. You. Yes, Edward James Almost, who was there with his gravelly voice. Who was apparently in the MCU in some capacity ever. Yeah, blowing people off the line, and it was just like, or like, just oh, it was, it was so weird. And then, yeah, they they just to me, I'm just like, you've, you've got something going here. Don't throw it away. And and they just they they threw it away. And far as far as I'm concerned, for more scenes of of. Uh, Snarky tweens through fucking a dog yeah, in his face. Yeah, sky and 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 the and the 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 dry toast that is Grant Ward on that show. It's just ah, oh, so upsetting. But they are doing a lot of fun stuff with the Inhumans in in the Agents of Shield. Here, stop watching Agents of Shield and watch Agent Carter instead. They they canceled Agent Carter, right? Is Did that they? Oh. No. I th- I, I, I think it's not getting a third season. Don't quote me fully. Well, and and here's the thing: it wasn't a fantastic show, but it was fun. <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, it was everything that I kind of wanted out of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, absolutely. You know what? That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. yeah. I they, they can't I don't, wrong show there. <laughs> well, I don't have any... I don't have any official... It, do, it doesn't officially say anywhere that it's canceled, but I, I do remember reading rumors that it, it looks like they're going to pull the plug on... Oh. on Agent Carter. I'm going to do my best and assume that you're wrong, sir. <laughs> yeah, let's, I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I kind of hope so, yeah. It, it, it's yeah, it's no not your show. I, I, I don't think that you would like it, Matt, because you're not really into the spy femme fatale sort of thing. Uh, no, I am. I, I think your wife would like it. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, absolutely, and I've recommended it to her. <laughs> All right, so I guess we switch gears to DC now, and we got a new Suicide Squad trailer. And there was a lot of did, that's right. worry, especially for me, as a massive fan of the Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. that after the big steaming pile of trash that was Batman Superman came out, that Warner Brothers was forcing David Ayer to do some reshoots, and that they were sinking $10 million into reshoots for the Suicide Squad in order to change the tone. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, you never want to change the tone of a movie three months before it's about to come out. (laughs) Yeah, after it's been filmed and basically in post and and whatnot. But... It sounds like a Fantastic Four. (laughs) 
Yeah, luckily, luckily for me, yeah. So I'm, so I'm sitting there thinking, you know, we've, this is we've been here before. <laughs> yeah, we saw that second trailer. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, but but on the other hand, that's also how you get Star Wars. That's a good point. yes, and that that that's why I appreciated the fact that David Ayer went to Twitter and basically, I mean, he put it in a more articulate way, but his tweet basically was, "Okay, everybody, chill out." <laughs> I got this, right? Like, that, like he was basically everybody chill the fuck out. Yeah, and, and later later interviews with the actors said that yeah, they were doing some reshoots, but it was to to add more like action scenes and stuff like that. Yeah, a couple, and and they had planned basically. Uh, Ayer was asking for the money to do a couple of reshoots because he's like, I can make this better. Was his was his thing? Because initially everybody like cause the rumors, you know how the internet takes something and then just runs with it and it gets all blown out of proportion. Well, and especially with DC movies over the last five yeah. years, like we're programmed mm-hmm. to be skeptical at this point. Especially, yeah, with the nerves that we got from that uh, uh, that that garbage that Zack the Ripper gave us. Well, with it's cricket. been hard. Like, 2016 so far, for me personally, has been Deadpool, which was a decent adaptation of a bad character. And Batman vs. Superman, which was a bad adaptation of decent characters. And I just haven't had a good experience with the superhero movie this year so far. And I just really need a win. Yeah, as, as far well, they're still killing it with the shows, which, you know, we're a lot of... And that's guys. absolutely true, yes. But this is something that occurred to me in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the wake. And I use wake in the, in the literal sense of, of Superman is dead. Uh, but in, in the wake of, of Batman Superman, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, I assume you've seen it, it just made fucking half a billion dollars. Well, already. yeah, and from what we've learned from the box office numbers for that movie, you either saw it opening weekend or you're never going to see it. <laughs> yeah, or you are in China. Yeah, or but, that, yes, true. But I was thinking about this. Zack Snyder killed Superman's adopted father. He destroyed Metropolis. He shot Jimmy Olsen in the face. Immediately. Without naming him. Without naming him. And he killed Superman. Is he a greater villain to Superman than Darkseid or Brainiac ever were? <laughs> uh. Like, honestly, he is Superman's greatest enemy. <laughs> Zack Snyder, and he's admitted in interviews that he hates the character. Well, well then yes, then <laughs> if that's the case, then yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, let's let's look at the last act of that movie where Superman is uh, buffeted by sound waves, stabbed by kryptonite, poisoned, nuked, stabbed by kryptonite again, and then killed. It's <laughs> <sighs> so bad, and he's like, oh god, oh it's a bad movie. Hey, did you go see Batman Superman Adam? Yeah, I did. Would you like a couple? Of, uh, I will give you a soapbox of however long you well, want. We talked about this did. earlier. I'm, I'm just going to yeah. lean back. <laughs> if we, you would uh, like to give your opinion on Batman Superman, the floor is yours, good sir. I, I mean, I'm I'm staying out of this slightly because I liked it a little bit better than you guys did. Uh, I'm not going to call I, it a. I'm not going to call it a great movie, but see, no. Okay, for, for, first of all, let me be clear. Not a big Zack uh, Snyder fan. Um, Ugh, he's very he's very good at a very specific style of movie, which I don't think lends itself well to what he's been doing with the DC universe. Storytelling. <laughs> yes. I, no, you're, you're absolutely yeah. right. You're being flippant, but you're absolutely right. He's very yeah. interesting visually. He, mm. uh, he can do really interesting things uh, in terms of setting scenes, in terms of framing shots. Like he, he should be a DP is really what he should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, absolutely. And we've said this. 
Maybe but, not um, these words, but well, that that's that's really his calling. It's it's um and and I mean that's that's really why he got his his start was with three hundred is that that's not a show or that 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 wasn't a movie about storytelling. That was a movie about um you know displaying through a series of visuals a, a, an interesting story that's clearly embellished for the purposes of that story, and for that very specific purpose, yeah, he did fine. Um, people yeah. love three hundred. Yeah, people did love 300. Uh, such a bad movie. <laughs> like, I hate that. I mean, I didn't, like, but as we kind of went over earlier, Adam, uh, I might have missed the point. <laughs> well, yeah, and and I, I mean, we could we could talk about a, a ten year old movie if we want, but that's not what we're <laughs> talking about, is it? Um, well, the thing about the thing about 300, I have. I guess we're talking about ten year old movie. Go ahead. I guess. Well, I guess just, no, I just want to say this about 300 because it lends to my point that Zack Snyder is not a storyteller. Because in 300, which it is based on source material, and it's it's based on you know bad source material because 300 is not Frank Miller's best work. It's not a great comic book. It's visually it's stunning, much like the movie where 300 is stunning. But the hero's journey you go on in because this is just terrible writing. The hero's journey you go on in 300 is he's badass, he's badass, he's badass, he's badass, he's badass, and then he's dead. Like that's not. Like that's not anything. Like that's not a there's journey. There's no arc want. there. It, yeah, there's there's no character arc there. It's just, and it eventually just becomes an hour and fifteen cool minutes. Who does? Of Gerard no, Butler screaming. But but what it, what it is what what that movie actually is is a two long a two hour long psych up speech. Exactly. Which <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It's which, it's a pump up video before a sporting event. Which you know if 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 that's not to your taste then that's not to your taste but that's what it was intended to be that's what it is it does its intended function well the story that it's telling is a real thing that actually happened and happened you know barring barring the obvious embellishments like the giants and the rhinos yes. and the you know 10 foot tall god king and all that is uh, <laughs> an actual thing that happened and even some you know miller and i were talking about this earlier today some of the best lines from that movie are real things that people said over 2000 years ago like I, it's not you know i'm i'm not going to call it accurate by any stretch but in terms of uh the we, we've got our hi 101 historian on the podcast folks <laughs> That's yeah, true. And, I, love and I, I love it. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to get to this point. This isn't. No, that's not let it happen this, naturally, but, man. This okay, is great so, stuff. Keep going. Keep going. So here's the thing. Like, if in, in terms of reality, no, absolutely not. In terms of the tone that it's trying to set, uh, which is the Spartans are awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's 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 a true thing, and it's really hard to evoke by you know having people talk old timey and you know have accurate you know armor or whatever no you're trying to convey the fact that these guys are you know massive hunks of man meat that are made for killing and fighting and saying cool yeah and, and are prevailing against overwhelming odds <laughs> yeah that's the whole point of the story of the battle of thermopylae is that you know these dudes just like held it against overwhelming odds and that really did happen yeah and, and let's is go this, out of our way to exaggerate how that went <laughs> Yeah, is this dude embellishing? Absolutely. Why is he embellishing? Because they're about to go to the Battle of Marathon, which is the biggest battle between the Persians and the Greeks that's ever happened. He's trying to get them pumped by telling them about what happened a year before at the Battle of Thermopylae. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, the champions, my friends. Exactly. And so, I don't, I don't think that's. And and again, I mean, if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's fine. It's a, it's a, it's a stylistic choice, right? And anything that's hyper stylized is going to be polarizing in terms of taste but in terms of a choice of director Zack Snyder's actually a pretty good one for that specific case 
Where everything went wrong is everyone going, hey, Zack Snyder did a pretty good job of well, and, and good at all comics. And if that's the yeah. case where it's supposed to be like sort of a fantastical view of what's really going on, like that is a good choice for Zack Snyder. And I would also say that that's a good reason to have him direct something like Sucker Punch, um, where it is very much a, you know, people's fantasies of their real life. Um, yeah, I never even saw Sucker Punch. The, and, the, and neither did I because I that, that. That, that trailer yeah. and the movie, like, the whole thing seems very misogynistic to me. <laughs> ah, it just made me feel icky, man. It, it like, turned me right the hell off. But from what I understand about it, where it's sort of like these uh, these broken girls' um, fantasy of what's happening in their real life and their attempt to take back control from those who are controlling them, like, it, it is sort of like a... Let's let's sort of twist this thing. Let's have a sure. fantastical view of it, and because it's sort of a fantastical view of what's really happening, I mean, it's all exaggerated and, and hyperbolized in this way. Then it's actually yeah. be a good uh, again DP for that sort of situation. Right, because he's amazing at framing a shot. He's amazing at, at conveying, uh, you know, some some really interesting, uh, like it's very very dense amounts of uh, information into very kinetic scenes. And, and he's, he's very good at that. He's just not good at people <laughs> and stories yeah. and lines. Well, and the thing like, is, is he did 300 and he did it successfully. And that parlayed pretty easily, I think, into things like Sucker Punch and The Watchmen, uh, which unfortunately put him in the position of directing every DC movie for the near future. <laughs> Yeah, well, and as we talked about, Watchmen was probably uh, his the best point. movie that he's put out, but I think yeah. more because Watchmen is the kind of story that Zack Snyder would do if Zack Snyder knew how to write a story himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's more kismet than it is uh, yeah, it, necessarily it, it, a skill on Zack Snyder. And story. Watchmen is thematic enough that it seems on point for him. Like, it's, yeah. it's ready-made for a Zack Snyder to come along. <laughs> oh, 100%. Because BVS also... It was this weird thing Beavis. of, yeah, Beavis. It, it it was this weird thing of. It seemed like Snyder was trying to do like a best of mixtape. Yeah. As far as DC Comics go, Let's take like our what, top ten Superman, Batman stories and stories, and but it didn't seem like he read any of them. Like he just kind of flipped through them and was like, "Oh, they're fighting in this. Let's use those frames." Or oh, because it looked like he was like, "Oh, here's." Here's a little Death of Superman. Let's put that in there. And here's some of Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Let's put a little of that in there. Here's a little bit of Superman Doomsday. Let's throw that in there. Here's a little bit of Batman The Long Halloween. Let's throw that in there. But let's not read any of the words on the paper and, you know, get to know any of these characters. And then he just had... Yeah, like, and we said it before. Oh, there were some good visuals uh, in the, like, the, the fight in BVS yes. between Batman and Superman that lasted all of seven minutes. Um there was the uh, first scene with Batman and the cops that are rolling up that Adam and I talked about earlier. Amazing. Um, where Batman's kind of just like hunched in the upper corner of a room and no one sees him for like the first three minutes that are in the room, <laughs> which was pretty good. And I, I had forgotten entirely about that scene, so that's a good pull by Adam. But uh, and and these scenes are lifted almost directly from Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Uh, and that's basically it. So as far as I know, Zach Miller, or sorry, Zach Snyder saw uh, like what fourteen pages of this one comic book, mm-hmm. and 
dot 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 question mark. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's it seemed like he thumbed through it but didn't actually process any of the you know, what was going on in the comic books or any of the like he didn't get any of the gravitas of what was going on. Like he was just like, Oh, they're they're punching each other in the face. Cool and stuff like that, right? Like I just yeah, I just he should be a DP. He absolutely should be a DP instead of I don't know. Being I, I, a I really want to restrain. Not like, a can we please change the subject before I spend another fucking hour ranting about this? <laughs> <laughs> this has been my life for the last month. <laughs> uh, uh, did you have any Adam? Did you have anything? Any final thoughts on Batman Superman? Or ah, uh, solid six out of ten. Yeah, um, I, I mean, was, honestly, I was. I was a lot more okay with this movie than uh, I know Miller is and is uh, and more okay yeah. than you sound. So I, I mean, there, there were significant problems with it. It's not that there were no problems with it at all, but I mean, I, I also don't take as personally to Superman stuff as at least I know Miller does. I, and, I take it personally too, but I do, I am team Batman over team Superman, but I just like, I still, love we were both hurt by this. If he gets if, done, uh, he gets done. Dirty. Sure. I, if 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 Batman hadn't shot like a million people in that movie, I'd probably be far more okay. And my biggest things that I took away from this movie, honestly, are that I'm very excited for Wonder Woman, and, and yes, I'm yep. really curious Absolutely. to see what I'm really curious to see um, what Ben Affleck does for a standalone uh, Stand Batman movie that he's directing. I think, I think he'll be like I have I have complete faith in Affleck if he gets if he gets just free reign to do I really Batman. hope that they take some criticism into mind when making a solo Batman movie and kind of at least try to curb the amount that he just wantonly kills people. Yeah. I mean, uh, if, we, if we look back, every single Batman movie has had him at least indirectly killing somebody. In a lot yeah. of cases, very directly. So, I mean, yeah. as far as a criticism, number one, I totally agree that it is a criticism of that that character because that's one of the first, you know, ten things you learn about Batman is he does not kill. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, the the, the movies yeah, have not was been the great about that. The <laughs> yeah, the, the, the movies have not historically been great about that. Um no. But, Tim Burton admitted publicly that he'd never read comics, right? Like he he he'd kind of thumbed through a few, but he didn't, which is why in Dark or in uh, Batman Returns, you get Batman sticking dynamite down in the cloud killed. guy's pants and then punching yeah. him in the face and falling down a sewer and walking away as he blows up to his horrible, horrible death, right? Yeah, yeah, no, and and I mean, so so I, I, I'm not saying that's not a valid criticism of Batman because absolutely it was as a Batman fan I was pretty shocked at the amount of very direct uh, homicide yeah, and, and on his part. You can say a lot about how Batman directly or indirectly kills people in the past but I've never seen him just carry a machine gun. <laughs> yeah and I mean a lot of that was from the flashback to be fair or the, the, yeah. the dream <laughs> sequence. I or, he, there's yeah, that. way too the, many dream sequences the in the movie. Like, good lord. They, I know, and, and, actually, and that's the way a... I heard it put, and I, I love this, was the, uh, someone made it uh, on another podcast I listened to, uh, the Comedy Button, made basically an exhibit quote, which was, hey, we heard you like post-credit sequences, so we put Thor in the middle of this movie. <laughs> so, so here's the thing about the killing in the dream sequences, right? Just because Batman doesn't shoot people doesn't mean that Batman doesn't want to shoot people. In fact, I would argue he probably wants to shoot people 
on a daily basis. It's his it would, decision. It would not make to his job so much easier. That was the it's line, right? It's not too to. easy to shoot people. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's his decision not to that keeps him from doing that. So I have no problem with Batman dreaming about shooting someone. That makes a lot of sense to me. He's got a lot of anger inside him. Yeah, especially it's, the it's, alien bug monsters from Dark from Apocalypse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, the idea of the idea of him, you know, and also Dream Girl Superman just laser laser visioning down like three dudes. <laughs> yeah, so dreaming about that, no problem for me. Uh, what what does bother me is, for example, shooting the 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 fuel tank on the the flamethrower and just being like, yeah. yeah, no, I didn't actually kill him. My bullet just happened to make him blow up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that's twisted logic, right? I just. Uh. I, yeah, I couldn't. And that was right out of Dark Knight Returns, but that was right out of Dark Knight Returns, and Zack Snyder claimed that he shot the guy in Dark Knight Returns, but I showed Miller that exact frame, and that, so, like, I feel only, like, I, I feel you have to be so jaded in order to believe that Batman actually shot that guy in the face and that thing. To me, it always looked like he just shot him in the arm and was like, that's why I stopped you from murdering a baby, because he was about to murder a baby in that one, not just a woman who happened to have the same name as... as that was also like I, I just as much as I can defend that like Batman and Superman the 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 crux of the movie being hey we've got the same mom or same name like our moms have the same name and just well it humanized oh, him right okay. yeah the I exact guess. thing that he was unable to do about Superman was what a in the context bro. of yeah but, but, yeah, but that's but, a that's a sixty year old coincidence that is not Zack Snyder's fault no. It's, it's, it's well, it's someone's fault. Yeah. Okay, but why wouldn't that be a touchstone that would that would bring somebody back from? from... It would work on Batman. That's the thing I would say. It's just I, I I would just my one thing is just I I something shouldn't just, be the only thing. That should not be it. We can we can we can write it a little better than that. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it not me personally because I'm a terrible writer, but so, somebody who gets paid to write has has got to come up with something was, a little. Well, bit. Here's the thing, and, and I, I, there were a couple points during the fight between Batman and Superman where Superman had the upper hand. Can we agree on that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that was why. It was, okay, that was so why it was, as soon as he knew he was being blackmailed into fighting Batman, yeah. explain that you've got the upper hand. You've got all the time in the world. Say it aloud. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, that was another thing that was really bad about the movie, which is just like... I don't like, actually like, want to fight you. Yeah, it was like, Batman's picking a fight with Superman, and then Superman's like, it tells him, you know... And listen, the way that they tell that story, it makes sense yeah. for Batman to pick a fight with Superman. Batman is the yes. only character in that entire movie who has motivation for doing anything. Yeah, and, and but Superman also did the thing where he, he told him, like, although this is kind of dumb because Superman just watched a bunch of guys blow up the thing, blow, like, like destroy an entire, like, district of Gotham driving around in their van shooting off missiles and stuff at the Batmobile, and then he stops Batman to be like, people. you know, yeah, yeah, he stops Batman and be like, you know, stop being the Batman, <laughs> flies away, and it's like, hey, Supes, what about those guys with the giant rocket launcher in the van? You want to maybe go stop, ahead and them. stop them? <laughs> yeah. Can we them into over the bandit bill? <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, oh, man. Uh, but it was just like, like they kind of had the motivations for Batman, and then Superman sort of had motivations, but then at the end it was just like, Luthor, hey, I'm going to blackmail you into fighting the Batman. And it was just like, really? That's how Well, and, and I mean, wow. at the risk of talking about this for another 20 minutes. I mean, yeah, a lot of problems, a lot of problems. Uh, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think in general the thing, the thing there is that in broad strokes, I don't think the story was necessarily that flawed. 
I think that there were mm-hmm. specific instances of implementation. Very strokes, though. <laughs> sure, but 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 I mean, you know, the idea the idea of Batman not responding to the like to Superman just saying, "Hey, I don't want to do this," and Batman still fighting that's a yeah. totally Batman thing to do. Yes, that agrees yeah. with me. But the yeah, thing that. is, but the thing that you're absolutely right on is he should have said it out loud. There were a lot of times in that movie where Batman or where Superman should have said anything at all, and he didn't. Right. Yeah, well, that's, that's just it, and that's the Superman bigger problem. Is trying to present himself as being a hero of the people, despite the fact that they are doubting him, and yet every time he shows up anywhere publicly, he's doing so in a scary, intimidating way. <laughs> yeah, and and. So, so that's what, I, yeah, I really think it's those small things that were the problem, not not the wider story. I think the, the wider story was fine. Well, I think listen, that I, there are specific I'm, instances I'm, of dialogue that really would have changed things. I'm, I can I'm think more of, than willing to admit that my my opinion of this movie is colored by the fact that I am a, a diehard Superman and a lesser but still very strong Batman fan. And sure. neither of them acted the way that I wanted them to, based on what I know about those characters. Yeah, which is why the the Ben Affleck one gives me a lot of uh, uh, hope, because honestly, he's he's and been such a why. solid director for... And, and uh, one I mean, of the few th- good things we got out of this movie was a very strong, if not Batman, because of the things that he does, at least Bruce Wayne. We got a very good Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I honestly, I really like the Batman. The, the him him swinging around on the grappling hook was the best screen Batman he, I think I've seen. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's fair. ever. Yeah, so I, I really like to see like more Batman of that. Yeah, I, I'd like to see more of that with a little bit better writing and directing. So, yeah, so that, and, that, and that's that's definitely looking forward to that Wonder Woman movie too. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Last thing I'll say about BVS is I like whether you loved it or hated it. The one thing everyone can agree on is that this was a horribly edited movie. Like, yeah, that, that, yeah. First, that first act and a half was a mess. <laughs> yeah, pacing, it's just pacing was all off. It was it was very mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, it's yeah it, like Miller said, especially in that first hour. Um, let's talk about some good please DC stuff. <laughs> yeah, that we was a flash, a while. Yeah, we had a Flash Supergirl crossover. We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. Weeks ago, that we haven't talked about yet, and. Like we just we haven't uh, had time to. I, I I just I mean we had two we we had a cross network comic book show crossover with characters and this is the crossover podcast this is the world we live in now it's crazy and, and I was saying uh, earlier and I've said on this podcast before I think that this is not unprecedented it happened with uh, Buffy and Angel but at yeah. least those were two characters that started on the same network. No, I think it's completely different from Buffy. And, and, yeah, I, I, I think exactly. so the, the amount of people that mu- that had to have met in a room to make this happen is incredulous, and I can't believe that it worked. Um, I'm I was pretty happy with this episode. <laughs> it was a it was a silly episode. It was cheesy and it was fun, and that's all I wanted from it. <laughs> yeah, it was absolute bullshit, but in the best way possible. Yeah, like, like there was no reason for either of these two to team up, or even like some of the decisions where <laughs> Barry Allen was like, "I'm the Flash," and it's like you didn't need to tell her that. Here's my all. face. Like, why are you, yeah, why are you taking your mask off? Like Grant Grant Gustin is the most willing to take his mask off of any like secret identity wielding. Oh yeah, and you character. know why? Is because everyone else reveals Supergirl's identity for her. 
Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Supergirl is so bad at keeping her secret identity. Oh my god. It's not her fault. It's Jimmy Olsen's yeah. fault most of the time. That's true, right? Like, yeah, that's, she does that's have Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Oops, yeah, I didn't tell time. you. And he also, like, like I think the third episode of Supergirl reveals to, like, win of all people that Cal L is, <laughs> that Clark Kent yeah, that is Clark Superman. Kent. Superman. <laughs> like, yeah, whoops, oops. <laughs> like, okay. you've been keeping this a secret for years, Jimmy. Come on, man. <laughs> and, like, we got to put... We got to see the Silver Banshee team up with Livewire in a live-action setting. This is the world we live in. It's so great. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm glad that the, the the fallout of the Silver Banshee happened in the crossover episode. Yeah. It's the only way they could have made that satisfying. It was just so weird the way they... The way they like, the pacing of the character for the Silver Banshee was a little Erratic, strange. Erratic? Yeah, that's, erratic's a very good word for it, because it was just, oh, a person wronged you, so now your cursed powers are, yeah. like, they've come to... they this they've crazy Irish curse. <laughs> yeah. Turns yeah, out they went like, fancy. They, they went, like, six episodes with her just being, like, a professional rival. Oh, she doesn't like yeah. that. Oh, oh, now, now you have a weird gypsy Irish curse. aunt yeah. who <laughs> killed your uncle, I guess? Yeah, and she said something like, she said something like along the lines of, the second somebody wrongs you, you gain these these awesome powers, and you can only get rid of them by killing the person who wronged you. And it's like, well, why would I, A, why would I get rid of these cool guy powers that I could use to, I don't know, help people or rob banks? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you want to do with it. Was this episode racist? <laughs> Like, they really have some things to say about the Irish and their gypsy curses. I don't know what you're trying to play here, but oh my goodness. Well, it's a little bit of yeah, someone saw Banshee and went, ah, that's Irish. Good enough. I guess. I guess, yeah. Well, like, some thing, Banshee right? is a curse. Yeah. Because they, well, they rebooted her in the in the new fifty two, like her like the the gypsy curse thing is a little closer to the like that is how she gets her powers where it's like you know what and, that, and that's fine, <laughs> but it's better than the explanation of like 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 somebody curses her like that actually happens in this one it's just like our family is cursed and someone's wronged you and when someone wrongs you you develop sonic screaming powers like did she <laughs> never get pushed on the playground or like yeah it's like, like it's not wrong for like twenty seven years. <laughs> She had a pretty good life yeah. up until that time. Yeah, she tried well, to lie in an email. She got that Irish privilege. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, they put her in the full makeup, which, you know, was ridiculously unnecessary. And if, but I loved it. Like, yeah, exactly. And if you were going for this real-world real world setting that they were going for. Yeah, don't put paint a skull on your face. Yeah, people don't go, hey, why would I do that? <laughs> but, yeah. Hey, live, why, we had a plan here. You know what? Let's take 40 minutes and put some face paint on you. And go get me a whole outfit to go with my, like, Dia de los Muertos, uh, <laughs> like, look here that I'm going, like, day, day of the Dead look that I'm going for here. I just... Like, crazy dead people halloween people. <laughs> yeah, it was so dumb, and I loved every second of it, and I want more. Oh, yeah, and, and, and you know what I was uh, saying before, and I'll, I'll say it again, is in a year full of Batman versus Superman, Iron Man versus Captain America, you know... Uh, Fucking Daredevil versus Punisher. Like, I'm happy to just these two superhero characters get along. Yeah, and got along right away, well, too. because like, it's The Flash, who's a fun-loving exactly. dude, and Supergirl, who's a sweetheart. 
Yeah. Like, of course they would get along immediately with no resistance. So, Adam hasn't seen the end of Supergirl, so we won't spoil it. So, the only question I will I ask... <laughs> yeah, the only question I will ask for Kevin Miller, who has seen it, yep. is how are you rating those final two episodes on a scale of 1 to 10? How did you rate what, what, they, what they accomplished there? Uh, there were certain visual things that I'm glad happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. To put it in the vaguest sense possible. Um... It went basically exactly the way I expected it would, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, I'm. It was predictable. I'm mostly excited to see what happens for season two in this show now. I, I don't know how else to put it with us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I, I think they got a solid. I mean, the overall season, I think for me, is a seven out of ten. Because there, there are some lull periods there and some stuff I got some problems with, but I feel like the final two episodes, other than because again I don't want to spoil it, but other than the stuff they did with Soups, which I had because like Soups sort of shows yeah. up. Spoiler alert, Adam. Yeah. Soups sort of shows up in the like because they have like end of the world type stuff and they have to explain, hey, why can't Kara call her cousin to help with the situation? And she does. And the excellent. <laughs> yeah, which she does, but the explanation for why Soups can't help is See, I flimsy. Saw- I saw that episode. You did? Oh, okay, so we can talk Total about that. Part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've got the first like, part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the way they the way they, they wrote soups out of the equation, which I appreciated that they addressed that issue. At least addressed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really appreciate that they addressed that issue because the stakes were too high for her to not call her cousin, and right? She did immediately. <laughs> yeah, and but like the way they explained it was the mind control device works on humans, and Clark has spent so much time on Earth that his DNA is now more human than Kryptonian. Well, it's not that. It's not his DNA. It's his brainwaves. He like thinks like psyche, human. Yeah. His, okay, which I mean, like, okay, I mean, it's, it's fitting to make this reference uh, because the Jungle Book was, you know, came out this weekend <laughs> or last week. But Mowgli was raised by wolf wolves, right? Yeah. He doesn't develop wolf. DNA or thought patterns and stuff by being raised by wolves. He's still a human being. It's just like, so that, uh, like, I was like, that shit's flimsy, but fuck it, I'll go with it because you we know, gotta. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. What I explained like, it away. Yeah, at least they took the time to address it. I mean, it was flimsy and terrible, but I, I'm, I'm, okay, well, I was fine. Right, I'm, but see, I'm fine. Here's the worst part about all of that, though, is that earlier in the episode, she goes to the Fortress of Solitude and is like, yes. hey, where's Kal-El? And the robot thing there is like, hey, uh, he's off planet uh, yeah. dealing with some business, right? And it was and like, you're oh, immediately like, hey, okay. let's, go explore, let's go explore that. Fuck what's going on in National City. <laughs> yeah, but no, but like, that's, that's not unprecedented for Superman, right? It's to like take no, off, deal with stuff off planet. That's reasonable. I was like, oh. Okay, I can I can live with that as an explanation. This show has been nothing but like weird, awkward attempts to avoid uh, talk, like saying Superman. Often, yeah, it'll be like the big guy. It's like, oh, come on, I, I know, I get it. There's a rights yeah. problem, but you know, so there's been nothing but like these weird sidesteps around the issue of Superman being part of this universe when they don't actually have the rights for him. So they explain that he's off off planet. Okay fine and then they say he's back on planet it's like oh (laughs) shit superman's coming cool and then immediately like 10 seconds later 
he's just rendered completely ineffective by this mind control <laughs> device. Like, wh- but why did you bring him back then? He could have stayed yeah, on the yeah, planet. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Because uh, you're right. They had already explained away that he was off planet and couldn't help. Yeah, so I guess they didn't need him to come back. In a that was just satisfactory way that has nothing to do with like yeah, I guess brain it was just to waves. Show how dire the situation was. Maybe if I you want to go that far, which I guess is always is always the problem with because they used to do that in Justice League all the time. Where like as much as I love that animated series, but or just in the comics in general as well. Anytime they do Justice League. Um, Superman kind of gets warped, where yeah, absolutely, yeah, where he's the guy. Like <laughs> Superman's the guy who gets taken down to let you know that the situation is extremely dire, right? Yeah, like, yeah. We didn't think he was that strong to like, punch the shit out of Superman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he he, get, he does he does get warped a little bit, but like we do we do love soups, and it's just yeah, well, yeah. And I mean I mean it's not quite as bad as warp because as often as Superman gets it in the Justice League, he definitely gives it too. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, they had already explained where he was. It was fine. It feels like, like at that point, it just felt like they're allowed to show Superman like six episodes a, a season or something. And that was the negotiated deal. So they need to use it up. Yeah. And as often as they show like a, you know, a Kryptonian robot at the, um, at the Fortress of Solitude or, um, you know, the hologram of her mother that's in the DEO. Every time they show one of those, I'm like, man, we could have had a much better version of Brainiac in this series. Yeah. Well, there's no way they're using... I assume they don't have the rights to Brainiac. To Brainiac. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that we got Brainiac 8, I mean, like, fuck it, I'll take it, hopefully. Well, and and here's the thing, and, and, I mean, I, again, don't want to spoil Part 2 too much, um, but given how that ended, I'm excited to see a better version of Brainiac going forward. Potentially, hopefully. I really Just, hope so. Yeah. Because this, you know, well, the problem is the female lawyer version of Brainiac I didn't much go for. <laughs> well, it is the team. Well, I mean, Brainiac Eight is blue and is like female, but she's usually like no, a no, no. Listen, I, I understand that this is a built-in. This, this is a uh, character that exists. Yeah, but um, I'm yeah, more but of a Superman fan Lord. than I am of a Supergirl fan, and I I want my Brainiac. Brainiac is my favorite Superman villain, hands down. But but mm. I mean, so is Maxwell Lord, but that doesn't stop him from being a really obvious Lex Luthor stand-in. For yeah, he's, no, he's discount dis- discount Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? And that's why. Uh, and and we've talked about this before, but I'm going to bring it up again. That's why having the um, the heel twist. With the the heel turn with um, uh, Hank Henshaw in this series was so good because oh yeah we didn't even talk about that episode Ooh. no because I was well, surprised how long it took me to figure out what was going on with well him. And, and from people who know like uh, like the Superman and Supergirl sort of mythos is that we're like oh Hank Henshaw he's the cyborg Superman we're which in, in the I, I just want to say just I'll just interrupt real quick. He in the in the flashback episode where we find out Dean Kane is still alive, which is awesome because we get oh. more Dean Kane. Fucking <laughs> called that episode one, God. Like, well, of course we were gonna get more Dean Kane. Hey, you know right? what though? Like, at least there's no at way least you give us a little Dean Kane. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you get a little Dean Kane without wanting more. Yeah, right? no, they they reference they reference Cadmus. It's just I would like one of these shows to not yeah. have a dead family member who is definitely <laughs> not dead. I I'm so That's I, true, I would yeah. be. I would be shocked at this point, honestly, if someone was dead and stayed dead and didn't turn out to actually be 
part of a shadowy organization. Yeah, actually, Adam, I, mean, I don't know if I've told you this, but this is the point I brought up about, uh, I brought it up on the podcast, I think, previously, about Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow. All of this season had a son-estranged return to the show. <laughs> right. Yeah. It happened on Arrow, it happened on Flash, and it happened on Supergirl. Supergirl, yeah. Right. The estranged family member. Which makes me wonder what's kind it. of going on in Greg Berlanti's life, but... <laughs> well, I feel like Greg Berlanti just thinks that having a somebody that's dead not be dead is like the new friggin' M. Night Shyamalan twist. Well, and it, yeah. I can't blame him for that. It's a comic book. Most of the shows he did, it's a comic book thing, A... And it's a soap opera thing, B. And if you're writing comic book characters on the CW, that's what you do. Yeah, no, that that is true. I I don't know. I I would I would really like to be surprised at some point by somebody who's like, yep, my dad's dead, and never ever come back to it. Well, and that was the big thing with Arrow this season too. Is we're like, cool, we can't expect anyone to be dead ever. Mm. <laughs> well, we'll segue on that. But the last thing I wanted to say was. The, the best thing was when they did the flat, the John Jones flashback episode, which was fantastic. Oh, yeah. The real Hank Henshaw just did the classic, like, oh, I fell off a cliff. That means I'm gone forever, right? <laughs> no, he could easily come back as a cyborg. There's no man. way he lived through that. <laughs> yeah, right? He could Boy, easily he's come gone back. forever. So good. I love it. That was brilliant. Uh, yeah, no, we the, say, it, was, like, it was great to have him kind of in the first, like, what, nine episodes of this 20-episode season. Mm-hmm. For us as diehard fans to believe that he was Cyborg Superman with the glowing red eyes and everything, but then have yeah. to turn out to be, of all people, the fucking Martian Manhunter. Yeah, well, that great. was a twist that I, I absolutely fell for that, and I'm usually pretty good at, at coming up with twists, but when they did that, I was like, because the dialogue leading up to it led you to believe that he was going to be John Jones, so I was like leaning forward in my chair like, oh my god, no, they didn't do it, and then he like just did the... My name is John Jones, and I was like, oh, 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 right? Like, it was just, oh, God, it was so much fun. And and that's really what these shows are all about. <laughs> it's just, man, was that ever fun. Um, you, you mentioned Arrow, that someone might be gone. I mean... I did. I'm an episode behind on Arrow. If there was an episode this week, I haven't seen it. <laughs> there was not. There was no... Arrow Arrow did not, because, man, th- this is one thing. The one thing I will complain about... And Adam's, like, two seasons behind on Arrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't, don't even worry about me. You guys go ahead. I, <laughs> I watched... I finished the second season, and I went, well, I think I'm going to take a little break from Arrow, maybe watch something else. I'll come back. I you know, watched some third season. Never went back. And it's not uh-huh, that okay. I didn't like it, but, like, just, I don't know. I, I haven't felt that pull yet. Well, it hasn't been bad, but I think second season has been the strongest season of Arrow so far. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the thing that everyone says about the third season, though. They go, well, it hasn't been bad. And that does not make me want to go back and well, not, it again. Well, and your mileage may vary. Yeah. I mean, depending sure. on what you're into, right? Because, like, even, like, second season Daredevil. Have you seen second season Daredevil? I haven't watched it yet. I keep meaning to get around to it. Okay, because because it. Matt and I had very conflicting opinions of it just because he didn't like uh, the sort of main enemy that was turned out to be in it, and so your mileage may vary. <laughs> I think I think the bigger problem with the with uh, the Arrow is uh, or with uh, Arrow is that. I, I do keep up on Flash, and so every once in a while I get yeah, like a yeah, you get like a pop in. Hey, here's Felicity. Here's uh, Ray Palmer. Yeah. And it's and everything. Every time I do, like if I'm even getting close to watch wanting to watch Arrow, they'll pop up, up, and 
Oliver will be like, yeah, now I'm part of, uh, you know, the, what's the friggin' secret society the called? League of Shadows. Assassins. Yeah, League of Shadows. Yeah. yeah, I'm part of the League of Shadows, Shadows now, and I'm kind of like, yeah. <sighs> League of Assassins, <sighs> like I said, is in this universe, but, yeah. <sighs> maybe, maybe I'll go back and watch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that happened to me, too. I watched it. first season of Flash before I watched third season of Arrow, and I was just like, huh, I wonder what's happening yeah. over there. That's yeah. the correct order to watch that, yeah. Yeah, it, it did not. It did not make me want to go back the, right away. The thing about Daredevil season two that Arrow season three I think have in common is the fact that the seasons that came before them were such masterpieces that it, it like the bar was just raised too high for for them. And I mean, it's not Arrow bad. It's that they're yeah, not, just not as good as right. Good, which unfortunately means we're a little too spoiled as far as you know, the goings on because we're, we're still arrow season four, I think has been a lot better, but the thing that I will say the Berlanti verse needs to do is clean up some of this, like thing where it's like, we're watching, okay, we've got five episodes of, of all the shows and then we're going to take like six weeks off and then we're coming back, but you get flash this week, but you don't get arrow. And then next week you get arrow, but you don't get flash and you get legends, but then we come back and then, Next week, you just get Legends and no Flash and Arrow, so they need to clean that up because it's yeah, really... I have no idea what the wads any week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really strange. Just, I don't know, figures... And I realize it's probably a little weirder this year because they've got, like, the the, the primaries in the, in the States that are kind of taken over, you know, that like, those time slots sometimes, so maybe they're having oh, a little jigger to go around with the election. Maybe that's got something to do with it. Cause it's, it was never this disjointed. Now they didn't have three shows going at once the other seasons, but it was definitely not this disjointed last year when it was the first season of flash on the third. Yeah, season of sure. And I mean like, you know, Supergirl started like five weeks late and, and uh, Legends of tomorrow started in January. Like everything was kind of disjointed to begin with. Do you think that Katie Cassidy, mm-hmm is officially gone from arrow. Yes. Okay. Do you think she will be back at any point? Uh, well, she is slated to do a earth two version on, uh, on the flash. flash yeah. yeah. Which I am all for. Yes. I don't think she'll be back on arrow. No, at least not for I, the foreseeable future. I mean, if they get to like a season six, then maybe, but that seems like a grasping at straws move. If they if they take her out and make the stakes because this is the biggest this is one of the biggest things that I've been screaming about as far as um, now Arrow hasn't had that problem because Arrow has killed characters and had them not come back like uh, <laughs> Tommy and a few others yeah, now other people have parents. come back <laughs> yeah his parents oh yeah his mom got Sh- killed Shadow. Damn, that was, yeah that was good so Arrow Arrow has kind of been like if we kill people they generally they, stay dead. <laughs> They generally stay dead. Asterisk. <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> Some. Asterisk. Which is my biggest problem with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that there's no stakes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because nobody ever dies and the Marvel characters only quip during the extreme action scenes when they should be worried about people dying. Um, I think the worst example of that is uh, when Sokovia is about to crash into Earth and destroy the planet uh, and people are dying around and this robot's blowing stuff up and... Hawkeye turns to Black Widow and says, I think I figured out how to remodel my kitchen. That line, that, that, that line to me was just so offensive. <laughs> it just, oh God, it was so bad. 
And I, I really don't like in the Civil War trailer when it shows Black Widow and Hawkeye fighting, and they're like, we're still friends, right? And it's like, yeah, because why have stakes whatsoever? And it's just, oh, God, that's the one problem, the, the one problem I have with the MCU. But if Katie Cassidy is gone and the Black Canary is indeed dead, where do you stand on the internet theory oh, the that way, Adam, uh, Katie Cassidy's dead and she is the Black Canary? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, I picked that up. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> like, There's two um, seasons that you haven't seen. This, a, this is my own fault. The statute of limitations has long since passed. I am not That's mad true. about this. <laughs> and we didn't spoil Supergirl, so we're 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 one and one now. <laughs> we're doing we're doing great. No, I love yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's um, spoiled itself. But where do you stand, Miller, on the internet theory that? Because Elicity is so powerful, Miller, no. that Emily Bett Rickards, good Canadian girl, is is going to become the third Black Canary in this series. Please don't give us a third Black Canary. <laughs> I say do it. Elicity is so strong. You cannot kill Elicity, Miller. It is way too I don't want to kill Elicity. I don't much care for her becoming a superhero like that. I'm very happy with her being Overwatch. I love the way they called her Overwatch, and then she quit the team like an episode three episodes later. later. Like, here's the team name. <laughs> you finally got your name, and then she quit the team. And I was just like, oh god, I had a massive problem with that too. That whole uh, they did not write that properly, I think, because I have a massive problem with, and and we're getting deep here, Adam, and I apologize, but I have a massive right. problem with, I have a massive problem with the fact that the Felicity character pulled Oliver, like Oliver domesticated himself for her. You remember the first episode of the season? I bet you can't because it feels like it came out like a year and a half ago. Yeah. But the first it's episode, so strange he, quit, where we are now. he quit the life. Yep. He quit, he domesticated himself. He quit the life and she wanted to go back into the life because she was bored. Yep. And then to have her be like, I'm quitting the team and, and like, it's just so disingenuous for her to be like, I'm quitting the team because you lied to me one time about in a situation that I'm sorry to say, because you should never lie to your woman, but it was it it just it was a situation that absolutely warranted maybe like to quote Jack Donaghy, not really lying but massaging the truth, right? Yeah. Like, it just to me it like it just it does it does such it, it was such a, a and and especially for a felicity the felicity character, which is is kind of in my opinion, but I am a a white male and not a female, but a a, a character that I think women can relate to grasp. Yeah. Relate to grasp onto and be like, she's a badass and she does this. And I'm like, yeah, she does. Well, yeah. Can't. And she's not, you know, super powerful, yeah. but she seems real. Yeah. And she's a genius and she, she, yeah, she's a real person and she can fight or not. Yeah, fight, yeah. She's a genius and that's what she has. She's not strong. Yeah. She's not socially capable a lot of the time. She brings stuff to the table and is awesome and stuff. And it's just a character that Sexy female I Sheldon. for her to go back to this, like kind of, old attitude of you lied to me and now I'm quitting the team. It's just, ah, to me, I just, I feel like it was, it was such a step backwards that it, it just, it irritated the crap out of me, especially after like, it was like, we're going back because she, you know, like, because you want to be part of the, you know, you're bored in suburbia or wherever it was. I yeah. Just, and the stakes uh, and the stakes seem so low after like two or three episodes when she wasn't the Oracle anymore. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. like that. It's like, come on, like I, I get it. In universe, it makes sense, and there are ways to fix this. But goddamn, 
One bit that was hilarious to me, though, was when they had her in the, the, the few episodes when they had her in the wheelchair and she was still wearing her short skirt. Yeah. And she just, like, she just has these glorious legs, right? It's like, at no point do you realize, do you think that this woman is in a wheelchair yeah, with that, ass that, that, that she expected to be in a wheelchair earlier today. Yeah, she's just got these extremely muscular calves that she's just flaunting, and I was just like, ah, oh, that's hilarious. But that's, you know, that's just... You know what, that might, that might be entirely you, man. It probably was. Well, it was just it was just funny to me. It has nothing to do with the show because I get where they're going, but it was just funny to me because I'm just like, man, you're, you're a Chun Li man, aren't you? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that covers Arrow. I guess. <laughs> we're we're in that fucking uh, episode. Flash. Though. Are you guys all caught up on Flash? Uh, I haven't seen this week's episode. Yeah, I'm mm. I'm like one behind. Oh, you guys missed a gem. I won't. I won't spoil any of it. But we we get uh, Zoom's origin story in this one, and uh, mm. it's good. It's very good. Um, Were we right? Just give me that. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to ruin it for you right, with, right, uh, right. whatsoever because they they do explain why there's multiple guys, and I kind of like the explanation. That's they, good enough for me. <laughs> what else? So the only mystery that's left is whoever the man in the iron mask is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I just I'm Jeremy's I'm, iron. Jeremy's iron. I, I'm really excited to. I just Flash is so good. I mean, I'm trying to figure. I out. really I mean, hope, and it's not going to be because they've explained it away. But I, I'm still hoping for uh, Ronnie Raymond in that mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be. What's your? Unless you got any theories, theories on? No, yeah, Adam, you got any theories? No, no idea. idea. Honestly. I'm not deep enough into Flash lore to have any clue what's going well, on. And I'm just there for the ride. I'm hoping that and my theory is God that it's Earth one Ronnie Raymond that got sucked to Earth two, given the circumstances that happened at the beginning of the season. I really wanted him to show up again, and I'm hoping that it's him still. <laughs> I don't think that it is, but I, I, I'm still holding out hope. I was hoping that it would be him as Zoom. No, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking that. I was hoping that he would show up, but then I kind of gave up that hope. Uh, when he showed up as the evil, um, what was it, Death Storm? Yeah, right. Uh, which is a reference to the frickin' Blackest Night, yeah, which yeah. I appreciated. Yeah, that was a, that was a good pull. Um, but uh, my my guess for Zoom for the entire uh, series leading up to the Earth Two crossover uh, two parter episode was that it was uh, Earth Two Barry's dad. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that that was my, that's that was not my bad. Guess. I have a theory, but I don't. I I have a new theory, but I can't give it away to you guys because it will. Uh, this is such a tease because like no, right I can't give it away to you guys because it just completely spoils the last episode, and I can't. I'm I'm, I'm not going to do that to you guys because well, maybe you and I'll do a mini at some point later this week. <laughs> maybe it was a damn good episode. That's that's all I'm saying. I don't I don't want to ruin it for you. Um, what else is going on in Flash? Anything we need to mention? Cisco is doing stuff. We don't. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we're all good. Flash is awesome. Keep watching it. Uh, <laughs> That's all I got to say about Flash. Sorry, here's <laughs> here's another random nerd thing that we haven't talked about yet to say very ingraciously. Uh, Rogue One trailer. <laughs> oh yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, Adam, I imagine you've got some opinions that I haven't heard yet. <laughs> Boy, do I. Like I. It. All right, uh, just let me. I'll, I'll just say my one piece, and then we'll let we'll we'll, we'll give Adam the soapbox. Bye, thing. Here we go. Um, this, it will be the eighth Star Wars movie, if my math is correct. Of the eight Star Wars movies... This will be the eighth, totally, yes, yeah. Yeah, uh, of the eight Star Wars movies we have, the live-action movies, this will be the sixth 
movie, sixth, where the main plot device is a Death Star. <laughs> I am okay with it for this occasion because, like, there's precedent for this one because it is, is the Death one. Star. <laughs> yeah, and it's it the is, same it is one. Death, it's Death Star one, and it is which we have to preference because there's three of them now. But it's it's it I is Death Star like five of the movies too. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's been in six. That one well, specifically? The, the first one? No. Yeah. Well, the, the first one's been in episodes two, three, and four. Yeah. The second the one was in only... episode six. And, uh, yeah, this would be his fourth appearance. Yeah. yeah. The, only, the only movies of the eight Star Wars movies, the only ones that don't feature any kind of Death Star are the undeniably worst one, which is Phantom Menace, and the undeniably best one, which is Empire Strikes Back. And I just, <laughs> Rogue One, I'm okay with it, because we're doing the many Bothan spies who died to bring us this information. Incorrect. That I've got to call incorrect. you on that one. That is oh, incorrect. Oh, no, here you're, we go. You're, right. you're are technically incorrect, because the, the Bothans brought us the information for Death Star 2. In my correct. defense, it's getting hard to keep. It's getting hard to keep track of all these deaths. No, it's, it, see, here's what happened. Is <laughs> you're just correct. You are the unfortunate focus of... Weeks of me being annoyed at uh, anonymous strangers on the internet making that Fair joke. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's your bad luck, and I apologize for that. I, but no, I'm, yeah, I'm okay. I don't have it. I like it when I like it when we cut cut it loose on Get this real. show. But I just man, shouldn't it? Well, a shouldn't it be the Bothans? But and anyway, <laughs> my thing is after Rogue One, I'm just saying this is the last. Death Star thing I want. This is this is the last time I'm willing to go to the Death Star plot device. I, I, but I, I, will, I will shell out. You will get my 10 bucks for, for Rogue One. You will absolutely get my 10 bucks for Rogue One. And just after this, Star Wars is such a vast universe, and I realize you took the, like, Abrams took the, the EU and, and said F you. But Boo. I just... Well, you come up with something better. Go. Two seconds. Nope, not doing it. You got nothing. And uh, <laughs> after this, Star Wars is such a vast universe, we can have better plot devices than Death Stars. I'm just saying. Like, like let's let's do a day in the life of the bounty hunters. That's all. Like, just, like, let's just get after Rogue One. Please, no more Death Stars. That's all I have. But you will you will have my, my ten bucks for, for this. And I'm done saying my piece. Go ahead, Adam, on Rogue One. Oh, where to begin? I mean, th- this... I mean, it makes perfect sense for this to be about the first Death Star in that um, one of the most intriguing things, I think, about the title crawls specifically um, is that in episode four, one of the first things that it says is that the Rebels have just won their first major battle against the Empire, and it's never mentioned again. That's what Rogue One is. So they're specifically trying to fill in that gap. Yeah. So they're specifically trying to fill in that gap, right? I mean, this could be any, you know, uh, Rebel Alliance uh, espionage mission, right? Um, If you're focusing on that era, which, you know, Abrams has been very adamant about completely ignoring the prequels, right? But if you're going to focus on this era, I don't see why not uh, focus on the team that got the plans for the Death Star. Because, I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are other places we can go. I will 100% agree with you on that one. But number one, the audience understands what the stakes are here. Yes. 
Um, I understand. This story is too good not to tell it. I get that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Which is why I'm willing to go there. And and I've got points to that as well, is that it's, uh, for those of us who played uh, uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, this is the um, Imperial Agent storyline that we've always wanted, the sort of industrial espionage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, and and it's not, this isn't an unprecedented story (laughs) in the expanded universe either if you look at the dark forces game this is exactly what was happening in the very first mission of that yeah that's uh what 25 years ago now yeah, it's a very long time game. ago um but how katarin yeah now i deep cut here, well here's another yeah, too deep, deep for me though. jesus one of the one of the one of the biggest things that bothered me about this and this is a really small thing i understand that i'm getting very picky here the 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 fucking the, nerds <laughs> Hey, hey, Miller, <laughs> fuck you. You're in uh, the company. The, the, <laughs> the, the lead character is called Jin Orso, right? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. The, uh, or Urso, I think. Uh, the, the, the pilot that ferries Kyle Katarn around in those games is named Jan Ors. Mm-hmm. And it's basically the exact same character. I'm so angry that they got us that close and couldn't just Did go just ahead go and call her Jan Ors. Why not? It's, yeah. it's it's odd that they didn't. Because Abrams Abrams just threw away. I don't know why he did it, but he, he well actually you know what I do know why he did it because he didn't want any kind of Mara Jade talk while he was making seven eight nine right like and I mean, that, like he just he's couched it very carefully that he, yes he he is willing to pull concepts or ideas from the EU mm-hmm. but that that is no longer technically canon so. Mm-hmm. It's it's he's really hedged his bets on and, that. And like, actually, and yeah. here's a point that I was going to kind of bring up because I've heard speculation about it on the internet, and maybe someone, either of the two of you who know more about Star Wars than I do, because I know nothing, uh, is that it during this trailer there's a brief shot of uh, an Imperial agent or moth or something who's dressed all in white with a cape. Um, and apparently he looks like good, great deal, or is wearing the same uniform as uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, they've already said it's not Moff Tarkin, which I was kind of upset about. <laughs> I'm actually okay with that. Um, I like yeah. the fact that it looks like George W. Though <laughs> Moff Tarkin will be in the movie. Um, yes, confirmed that. However, that that's a Grand Admiral's outfit, which is not the same. The moths were. Oh God, I'm so sorry, everybody. The moths were. Uh, were. Uh, <laughs> no, this position. is great. This is great nerd stuff. I love this right here. The, the Grand it Admirals were. Were the Grand Admirals were admirals of the the Imperial Navy, the fleet, right? So they command star destroyers. There are admirals under them. Um, the the moth is more of a like a like a governor sort of position. Okay. So they're ruling over. Specific uh, sectors or something. Well, each sector has a has a moth, which is the, the the governor. Yeah. So Moth Tarkin or Grand Moth Tarkin was actually made uh, moth of the entire outer outer rim, which is made up of a number of sectors. Hence, sure. Grand Moth uh, okay. is not a, is not an admiral. So no, that was never. Yeah. Some some people may have been calling that one. That was learn your insignia, noobs. <laughs> exactly. Listen, if they Idiot. don't understand, if they don't understand the hierarchy of the imperial administration, I can't help them. And they're this down on my, my level. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And I'll say this: it feels good for the first time in my life to almost almost be on the same page as most people, <laughs> as far as Star Wars is concerned. 
Yeah, so I mean, yeah, the, the, the Grand Admiral's outfit was simultaneously exciting and depressing in that I think the only thing that anyone has ever wanted out of a Grand Admiral in one of these movies is to have it be Thrawn. Because yeah, I can imagine so. Arguably the most compelling character out of the entire EU. I, I personally would, would argue that. And, and that's what I heard. And people were kind of pulling for him to be an uh, uh, antagonizing force in the new trilogy. Yeah, and that would have actually been a, a really interesting move uh, on their part to make him uh, a major part. It's just that I think you get into issues of how much are you pulling from the EU, how much is new. Um, at, at a certain point when you're pulling from material like that, you have to make a decision on what to throw away. And inevitably, in a situation like that, you're going to disappoint some people. Yeah, and I can't blame them for making And run into stuff. rights problems. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's messy. I, I get why he did it. Um, but yeah, the, the, seeing the, seeing the Grand Admiral uniform on someone that's not like clearly not Grand Admiral Thrawn was uh, a little bittersweet. Um, but other than that, yeah, the, the trailer looks really, it looks really good. I actually wasn't that excited for this movie until I watched the full trailer. Um, and I, say what you will about the new stuff. A lot of people were really down on episode seven for a number of reasons. They are doing a really good job of evoking the atmosphere of the original trilogy. And that's exactly what I want from a movie that's set directly before episode four. I agree. Um, I got Mom yeah, I, back in the mix. I, I, I completely agree. My, my only beef was I just wish they didn't copy a new hope basically beat for beat like i mean they, they oh for episode seven yeah for episode seven. Oh no yeah. I, I, I mean we've had this discussion before yeah but i can tell you exactly I, why they did that I, i'm honestly over it i'm ready to accept episode seven into my life i just i remember walking out of that movie going it was a new hope fucking beat for beat like beat for beat there was nothing new about that and jurassic world we we discussed jurassic world to bring in full circle about how jurassic world was basically beat for beat jurassic park right and then I think the biggest I, I difference just, for me was that episode seven is still, despite being a rehash, is mm -hmm. still like objectively a well-constructed movie. There's nothing. Yes. There's nothing about that movie that is is lacking. Just because it's Absolutely. not, it, just just because it's a, a rehash doesn't make it a bad movie. Jurassic World was missing all of the things that made Jurassic Park a good movie. Right, like it, yeah. it wasn't just a rehash; it was a soulless rehash. Jurassic Jurassic World had a literal pair of nostalgia goggles. Like they found the Jurassic goggles, like the the goggles from Jurassic Park, wow, and they're right? like, hey, right? "Yeah, Jesus." <laughs> they, there was a literal pair of nostalgia so goggles. <laughs> no, it was ridiculous. No, but anyway. I mean every every shot of that that trailer is 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 amazing. Star Wars the yeah, well, yeah, it, it really is. But I mean, especially the sound design. I was gonna say, can we talk about the music for a second? Because the music in that show was fucking incredible, and I and, music... and I think you would be a good person to appreciate that, Adam. Yeah, the the music was great. I mean, Star Wars Star Wars soundtracks have always been about the score has never been bad in to the point where like this. Here's the, uh... thing, the score. Are you really think you, you don't think the score has been bad? Or uh... when do you think the score has been bad? Episode seven. I was really disappointed with the score. Really. Uh... 
Yeah, yes. maybe. I, 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 I can see that a okay. little bit. I, I, yeah. Okay, so Miller, I want I want you to think about Star Wars movies. I mean, okay, okay. Well, this is I want you to think about sure. I want you to think about Episode One, the moment when Darth Maul lights his lightsaber and Duel of the Fates begins. Well, that's Duel of right? the Fates. That's not even fair, but okay. <laughs> no, okay, sure. So fine. Uh, so I want you to think about Episode Three, the duel between Anakin and uh, and. Obi-Wan, while uh, the, I forget what it's actually called, but it's a modified, it's the Duel of the Fates, but it's You know what, no music specifically comes to mind for that. Fair enough. I want you to think about uh, episode four. Yep. Every single time. Yeah, anything happens. Any character was introduced. Think about uh, Luke looking at the sunset. The Luke looking at the sunset was the example I was going to (laughs) bring. Yep. It's it's a majestic theme. Think about episode five when the Imperial March plays for the first time as the Star Destroyers appear. Think about uh, the asteroid scene, right? So Do you remember the asteroid music? If I can, if I can just jump ahead here, are you saying that there's nothing iconic about episode seven soundtrack? There wasn't a single place where they gave the soundtrack any reason yeah. that way. It's not even that the soundtrack itself Absolutely, was yeah. bad. There was no real moment there where the soundtrack was allowed to breathe because the soundtrack has been traditionally a very like it's been its own character within the movie, right? Sure. It's, telegraphed it's telegraphed certain things about the movie because john williams used this this motif uh uh system where you know each tra- or each character has their own little melody that goes along with them yeah, yeah. and there are certain scenes where yeah, uh, you know when two state. characters when two characters interact and he'll weave the two motifs together Interesting. and <laughs> I, and i don't know specifically enough to argue with you but i know a lot of people have pulled out like ray's theme and said that it was a decent like a good one and it I, is in isolation I see. It's, it's good it in isolation when you pull piece. the soundtrack. Yeah, no, there's, there's, there, there was no real moment where, like, Ray did not have that looking at the sunset moment where the, the, the motif that plays for her was its own character within the movie. I see. Like, okay. it never, it never, it never, I don't want to say it didn't add anything to it, but, like, there were no moments there where I can think of that would have been lacking had the uh, soundtrack been different. Can I posit something as someone who is not as much of a Star Wars expert as the two of you, but is trying to be an apologist? Sure. <laughs> I'm always for apologizing for Star Wars. Uh, well, I guess that's fair. Um, uh, so if Episode 7 was basically trying to pull all of the major set pieces from Episodes 4 through 6... Uh, to the point where we had our Death Star, we had the uh, sort of scene with Han and Ren uh, on the bridge above the pit uh, in the middle of the Starkiller base that very much evoked uh, the, the Cloud City base. Um, we had a lot of set pieces that, you know, you, you're saying that that pulled a lot from Episode 4, but in my opinion, pulled a lot from the entire original trilogy. Uh, could it be that the sound design in Episode 7 was specifically or intentionally not unique um, to kind of follow that similar theme. I think that if it was going for something safe... Or is that too safe, apologist? <laughs> I think it is. Uh, I think if they were going for something safe, they would have reused a lot of the motifs um, in familiar ways because while some are associated with specific characters, others are associated with... Uh, like, there, there is a Force theme. Like, there's a theme for using the Force. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a theme for, you know, the Empire that could have easily been rehashed for uh, the First Order in some way. Um, Stuff like that could have been reused in a very safe manner. 
a very familiar manner that would just would have still kind of introduced us to those ideas, those musical ideas, um, but still could have been done in a way that was, you know, more um, respectful towards the set. Innovative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so I guess what I'm getting at is given the fact that at least my assumption is that now that they've kind of rehashed a lot of the original trilogy in episode seven, uh, going forward, episodes eight and nine will probably feel at least somewhat unique. That's uh, the general idea. Uh, do you expect a, a, a more iconic soundtrack out of those two then? I don't know. I, I Or is it too hard to tell? <laughs> I think I think a lot of what's happening here is that um I I I I think that the I think that filmmaking has changed to a point where um oh, yeah, especially especially JJ Abrams who's a very again very visual uh filmmaker. Well, and he's not involved with and a very dynamic filmmaker. Right? Uh yeah, but he he is stepping back. So I mean, we might see a little bit more from uh Ryan Johnson where he he might be a little more, a little bit more interested in bringing that to the forefront. Mm-hmm. I can't really effectively speculate on that i would like to see that because i mean the, oh, the music is such, yeah, a, such an important part of those trilogies for me that you know i, I yeah and, and very happy. is excited to see a terrible movie <laughs> yeah yeah that was a great scene i mean the the, the yeah I mean, that's you get, you get chills when he lights those lights yeah there. absolutely you do and it's not we have this it's not because of him. It's the music. I'm sorry. It's not him. Well, it's not entirely because of him. I still think Darth Maul was a good character design. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, he was. He yeah. was. And the biggest mistake that they made in those prequel trilogies was killing Maul. Absolutely. Yes, um, absolutely. But, absolutely. But, the, but that scene would not have had nearly as much force behind it if it hadn't been for Duel of the Fates. And I definitely agree with you there as well. We we had this thing on this podcast. I don't know if you're a big Entourage fan or not there, Adam. <laughs> We we have this thing that we cost because there was a, there was a thing in, in in Entourage where they were they were able to sell a movie based on how good a bad movie based on how good the trailer was, and that movie was called Medellin. So we have this thing on the on the the crossover podcast called the Medellin Corollary, right? Which is I think I've mentioned this before. <laughs> bad, which is a bad. You, you can cut a good trailer to a bad movie and fool an audience with that. And the greatest example of that of all time is the Phantom Menace trailer, which had, which you is know, amazing. Just, yeah, t- was one of the greatest trailers of all time. Twi- had you know, sixteen years of just like, oh my god, we're getting a new Star Wars movie. Like sixteen years Sam later, Jackson's and, in it, Liam Neeson's yes. in it. They got this yeah, awesome movie. Just, we're getting a like kid racing some sort of truck beast. Yeah, <laughs> and then Duel of the Fates was in that trailer, and Duel of the Fates, I think, is the thing that honestly. That song is so that that score is so good, it fooled us all into thinking that was going to be a, a great. Thing. That's how good that was, and yeah. it's just it's the greatest example of the Medellin corollary. Yeah. So so let's let's get back to Revlon because that's where we start. Yes, please. Um, yep, go ahead. Think, <laughs> so we, we get super off topic here on the cross. I, I oh I know, and I'm I'm just trying to I'm just trying to bring yeah. it back around. But hey, uh, um, yeah, no, I, when I said sound design though, the the thing that specifically stuck out for me was. And, and I know I shouldn't be surprised by this, but just little things like the sounds that the uh, the you know the blasters on the ATATs make, or the sounds yeah, that yeah. like the the it just I, obviously they have access to those sound libraries. I get that, you know, intellectually I get well, that. Well, and, and give it up to ILM it, to own that shit, right? <laughs> well, of course, they, they, it's it's their sounds. They made them. They did but, it. <laughs> but seeing them on screen, 
is so much different than knowing that somebody's got that wave file, you know, sitting on a hard drive somewhere. And oh, I it's powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's just, it, I, I am, I'm so thrilled that they're bringing that stuff back. And you get and, swept and up in it. Yeah. Well, it's, and I mean, there was, there was, those are the things episode that make, seven too, when you heard a lot of, there were a lot of, uh, during the opening, like maybe 20 minutes of, uh, of the force awakens, there was a lot of tie fighter stuff going on. Yeah. And yeah. that's like probably my favorite sound in all of star Wars is like, yeah, it's so iconic. It's so iconic, and it's so well done. No, I, it's just, yeah, it it taps into something because those sounds are so um, emblematic of the entire, you know, the entire body of work that seeing it again in a trailer but attached to new footage is, you know, that, that does it for me every time. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, exciting things about it. Uh, looks like there might be dark troopers maybe. I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, which, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any lightsabers in this movie. I think that's the plan, which I'm totally yes. for. I'm a little Absolutely. worried. I'm a little worried about Buddy with the staff. Yeah, it, man. <laughs> he better not be a hidden Jedi. If he's a hidden Jedi, I'm going to be mad. Yeah, I agree. Let's have let's not have any force. Well, I don't, no force. I don't want it at all. We know what happens during this time frame. There are no Jedi. <laughs> Right, well, Obi-Wan and Yoda are in hiding. Those are. I, it. I mean, the 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 premise is that you know Order sixty six got most of them, but they're you know yeah. remember at the end of Episode three, Obi Wan and Yoda yeah. set the beacon to tell everyone to stay away. Also, I don't know if you guys keep up on Rebels at all or Pierce at least. I the only thing I've seen from Rebels. Like, here's the thing: Rebels came out. I watched the first episode. And I said, yeah, it's good, but it definitely seems like it's it's targeted towards kids. Yep, you need to and watch Rebels. I, yeah, and I was just like, it's cool. I'm like, it's what cool. What is that ever thought cool. of? And then I saw that apparently um, Ahsoka shows up, who I Correct. never liked, but Darth Vader shows up in Rebels, and I yep. was like, oh my god, what is this? And I, I have Rebels saved, and I just, I, I'm saving it like a fine wine, is basically, yep, you, and I'll probably you. use it as my hype up. So, yeah, we'll, we'll probably watch it as like a commentary before uh, <laughs> Rogue One. Like, oh, you, you really like, need to watch Rebels because yeah. Rebels is set in the same time frame, right? It's about five years before A New Hope, and yeah. uh, the there are there are a number of Jedi characters uh, in that um, a, a number. I sound like I sound like there's a whole bunch of them, right? So is this one canonical the, still? Yes. So one of the main characters of Rebels, uh, Kanan. Uh, never finished his Jedi training. He was a Padawan when the when Order sixty six went out. He was a young right, so he's not. And he's not a kill. Sorry, yeah, no, he he survived obviously. <laughs> he was not a youngling in the no, room. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he's like a teen. They're all like teenagers, like which is why I kind of couldn't get hooked on it because it was it was mostly for. But eh, now half, that I know half of them are teens, half of them are adults. You know, yeah, yeah. two you, years. You just just credit, it. you haven't watched Young Justice either. <laughs> Yeah, give it give it you know four episodes or something like that. See see how it yeah. goes. But I I highly recommend it, especially if you watched uh, Clone Wars. Um, but even if you didn't, even if you didn't, yeah, take take a look. The season finale of both seasons one and two have been just mind blowingly good TV and like really good Star Wars TV, which is you know it's it's kind That's of exciting to be in that. One. Yeah, well, I mean. You know, uh, after after the prequels, it was kind of like, well, I guess we're never getting good Star Wars ever, ever, again. ever, so ever again. <laughs> it, it's such a treat. But one of the greatest things about 
uh, Rebels, and something that I'd actually really like to see them borrow for like like two minutes tops of screen time in Rogue One is that every once in a while Darth Vader shows up because at this point in time he's just kind of an enforcer for the Emperor and when things go bad he sends other people but when things go really bad uh, Darth Vader comes in to mop up and in that show um, Darth Vader barely talks he only walks he's very slow but he's, he's a just terrifying thing lumbering. that you know can happen <laughs> He's this lumbering, menacing presence, and it's absolutely amazing. It is probably the scariest Darth Vader has ever de- uh, appeared on screen. And he wrecks shit on that show. Like, it is insane, some of the stuff that goes on. And yeah, it's a cartoon. They can do whatever they want. But I would love to see Rogue One go in a direction where it looks like at least some of them might make it out. And then Darth Vader drops it for the last you two minutes. You see, like, his solo yeah. hallway or something like that. They have to do that, don't they? And, and like, like I, Darth Vader has to show up in Rogue One, doesn't he? I really, like, I, I I really think hope so. so. Yeah. I think so. If, if, I, if I only in a PS be... scene. <laughs> but yeah, no, I hope you don't do more, Hopefully more than that. But, I mean, if only that. What, 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 I, what should happen is is the the, the, the rogues should get the plans into like, they should be like, we got to send the plans to princess. And then you can do the thing where it's like, we got to send the plans to, and then you can look right in the camera and go princess Leia. You know what? You actually just nailed the tone. I was hoping for from this yeah. movie. That was amazing. Yeah. Exactly. Like, we'll Hold for applause. But then, yeah. Obviously don't do it that ham fistedly, but like, but be like, we gotta send the plans to Princess Leia, and then all of a sudden, like Darth Vader shows up and he starts killing the dudes that we've known throughout this movie and have grown attached to. So it'll have like all that gravitas, and you'll be like, oh my god, it's fucking Darth Vader. He'll show up, and now he's here, and now I'm extremely worried because I know what this guy's all about, and well, what real Darth Vader is not. No, yeah, yeah. Darth Vader. But um, and then they get the plans off, and then I guess you could have like a, a thing of. You know, like, I, I don't know how you do it, but I guess you have to CGI uh, young, uh, oh my god, I'm brain farting on her name, Princess Leia. I, I guess you have to CGI, uh, Carrie, 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 thank you. And uh, I guess you have to CGI young her in, in to just, just in the white robes, getting the plans on that tiny little ship that gets invaded in, at the beginning of episode four. Yeah, at the beginning of episode four. Like, that's essentially how it should end, right? Like, I just... Man, yeah, but like I mean, Darth Vader, I would, I would has almost to show do. Up. I, I would almost do it as a um, Godfather style back and forth montage. Uh, could, oh yeah, like when like in the first one, which has the thing. <laughs> yeah, you get the montage of guys getting picked off while other stuff is going on. That could yep. be fun. Yeah, man, oh, I, I'm excited Ooh. for Rogue One. I'm, I'm definitely more excited for Rogue One because like, and I'll, I'll just say this: if they are going to put Darth Vader in this movie. Please don't give it away in a future trailer. Like, don't don't do what Civil War did. Don't listen to the the internet people who listen. Like, this is just my public servant announcement to the Star Wars people because they're technically the same people. They're both under the Disney banner. Don't listen to the people who turned into J. Jonah Jameson and were like, "I demand photos of Spider Man. Give me pictures of Spider Man." Like, don't fall for that. Just like hold that Darth Vader reveal. Don't do anything because like how cool would it be if you're sitting in the theater on like opening day or even just opening weekend and then like 
the guys are like, you know, like all the good guys who you've been watching for, for, you know, nearly two hours into this movie. And they're like, someone's coming. And then you just hear, right. And you'd be like, like, Oh God, like you'd freak out. And I just actually so just as, as an aside, because I, I feel the same way you do, Matt, how much I wish that suicide squad trailers didn't give away that there was going to be a Joker in that movie. <laughs> yeah. The, the problem is, Jared, Jared, well, even if you didn't, Jared Leto would have given it away himself, right? Because that he, dude's a fucking lunatic. <laughs> he is a lunatic, which is why. Here's the thing, though, about the Suicide Squad movie that I'll say. Um, there has never been a... We, we've had several iterate, different iterations. We've had several different actors. We've had different uh, backgrounds, different stories, different whatever. Sometimes some backgrounds, sometimes no background. But, like, multiple people playing it, multiple people directing this character. It, he, he was in Batman 66. He was in The Dark Knight. He was in the, Bat, the Batman animated series, which is all, are all completely different mediums. Where's he going with this? In all those things, we have never had a bad Joker performance in the history of that character. That is how good the Joker character is. No one has ever played this Bat character poorly. From Cesar Romero 66 to Nicholson in 89 to Mark Hamill in the animated series, to anybody else who, like Kevin Michael Richardson and his version in the Batman animated series, to even just the guys who do the one-offs in the straight-to-DVD ones. John <laughs> John DiMaggio, all the way to Heath Ledger, who some people have as like their, as the quote-unquote defining Joker, which I don't agree with, but I still think he was, like, they were all fucking awesome. Leto will bring his own spin to it. And I, I honestly think this character is impossible to play poorly because he's so over the top. You're allowed, like it's a character it's, you're, you're allowed, allowed to, to chew. <laughs> you're allowed to overact with this character, so it's impossible to play this character poorly. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I essentially like, thought he was a psychopath already. So I mean, this is just, yeah. Exactly. Well, there's stories so, now where it's like he's sending like pigs' heads or something like that to his fellow. Yeah, I think that's bullshit though. There was some well, because apparently there was some. I'm like, cool. He's a crazy person. Yeah, that's what well, they can do in the real world. Condoms and, yeah, yeah, there were stories that came out. He sent condoms to people, but apparently he didn't send them to Viola Davis because he knew not to fuck with her. Which I'm just like, okay, this movie's gonna be fucking awesome because like, he's like, he's like Viola Davis is basically the wall, and he knew not to fuck with her in real life, right? Oh, so I was just like, oh my god, I hope that that part of the story is true. Uh, I feel like uh, Jared Leto and condoms are a good uh, place to, to end it. I mean, did, did we miss anything, or did anybody have anything that they wanted to add to... Uh, I mean, I guess we we didn't really touch on Jonah Hex in, in Legends of Tomorrow, which was well, awesome. But, episode, thanks. Oh, it was, oh, it was fantastic. Well, you knew it was going to happen. I the episode was, was called The Magnificent Eight, for God's sake, or whatever. But yeah. we do get Jonah Hex in, in that... In, and it's fantastic. I, I <laughs> hope that it's good. I really do because I'm not a huge fan. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I think that's it because I feel like we're all caught up. I don't think we missed anything. So we'll be back in a few days. Say, we've got with, uh, we've got two days till Game of Thrones premieres. Yeah, we'll be back in a few days with our Game of Thrones uh, premiere, and uh, of course next week we'll probably be pulling double duty because we'll do the. Uh, the Game of Thrones episode one preview, and of course the NFL draft is on the Thursday, so Craig and Bill will likely be back with me. Oh, damn, NFL never ends, does it? <laughs> oh no, the NFL has become a 365 day sport. It's it's honestly insane. For fuck's sake, with how much 
yeah, without much. The, the the NFL is is so well run that it. Oh God, it's just it's, it's an enterprise. Crazy. It's a machine. Yeah, it's absolutely an enterprise. So, but like they can't not make money with that sport until someone actually dies on the field, which will happen one day. Give it, give it a few years. Yeah, and then it's it's like it 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 just can't be it it can't be stopped until it's stopped is basically what I'll say about the NFL. Um, crossover podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook at thecrossoverpodcast.com. dot com. Or just the crossover um, podcast. It's it's Facebook. Don't search for oh, dot Facebook, com on sure. Facebook. Facebook dot com slash crossover podcast. Whatever. Sure. And. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, contact us. Uh, what's the email again? Crossover podcast at the crossover podcast.com. I'll, I'll, I'll refrain from my usual plug of HI 101 because Adam's here. Adam, anything yeah. you need to plug? Yeah, uh, go right there. sir. Yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, no, you can head over to hi101.ca, uh, which is the website for my history podcast. Um, and Miller's going to be on, actually, the, the next uh, upcoming episode so hell yeah you'll have a point of contact there what are the the recent episodes for this month uh this past month has been about communism there was a there was a two-part series on communism that we did for uh for the month of april Um, i enjoyed it (laughs) yeah yeah it wasn't too bad at all um so yeah you can find all the other places um that were on the internet from there our itunes page twitter facebook page all of that is uh is linked from there so yeah, hi Yeah, uh, everything uh, everything can be found from there. Great to have you. A true crossover podcast. This is what it's all about. And uh, I don't want to just a little. This will be a little tease. I won't. I won't mention who, but uh, um, Matt Pierce might be appearing on a couple of other podcasts in the near future. Hey, which, whoa, whoa. which I hope also. Kevin which I hope to do. And, and yeah, and Kevin might be coming with me. We'll see. But like, um, I'm I'm definitely wheels are turning. That's all I'll say. I just, I don't want to try it. I'm not fucking stop me. Give me a little. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not fully committed. I'm not, I'm not promising anything, but I'm, I'm definitely going to do my damnedest to make sure it it definitely happens. What I'm saying is nothing at all. Yeah. Kevin Miller, Adam, uh, thanks for doing this. You guys, it's great to have you. This is great. I'm so glad. Thanks for having me on. It was a, it was a good time. No problem. Anytime, man. It's great to have you. It's, I mean, I, I, I'm I, glad I was able to finally make this connection happen. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I just, I love crossing over. That's why, why we got the title. So this is, this is a good one for me. Um, yeah. So that's it. Uh, we're all caught up on the nerd stuff, and we'll see you for Game of Thrones. Take care, everybody.